3: Well, at least it's a slow day in the NFL. Good God. Where to start? All sorts of chaos. And if you were looking to purchase an NFL team, one just became available within the last couple of minutes. We'll explain what that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. He is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. And we do this all every single week live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Um, this just came out a couple of minutes ago. This was uh, a, a, a breaking news or a report that it just came out that the Carolina Panthers um, or that was announced that Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Carolina Panthers will be selling the team following the allegations and a report that came out of misconduct in the office. Um, a report came out on sports illustrated earlier today. So Brady Quinn, if you're interested in buying an NFL team, first of all, I'd really like a job. Uh, secondly, I'd like to have an open bar tab that I never have to pay. And third, uh, interested in the Panthers?
0: Everything that's come out today in regards to the Carolina Panthers and you know what what Jerry Richardson's being accused of, it kind of leads you to this. As soon as you see him putting the, the team up for sale, it's got to be true. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, there's it's... no other way of looking at it, right? crazy man
3: and and it just came down a, a few minutes ago so we'll wait to get more details on that um but there's a uh, there's a lot going on in the nfl uh you know Patriots-Steelers down to the wire. That was crazy. Another game that I don't know how many people saw it turning out this way, but a complete blowout in Seattle with the Rams going into Seattle and annihilating the Seahawks a short time ago. And with us now here on Fox Sports Radio is Alec Ogletree of the LA Rams. Alec, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, man.
4: No problem. Thanks for having me.
3: Uh, First of all, how many times have you played in Seattle in that stadium before? How many times in your career thus far?
4: Uh, That's probably, let's see, that's five, five years. I i mean, in my fifth year, so I mean, probably four times. Okay. I missed, actually, I didn't play one year because I got hurt. Okay. But, and, yeah, so it's the fourth time.
3: And, and the reason I ask is because we always hear about how loud it is because Seattle's had so much success there. How loud was it earlier? Because I got to imagine that there were fans that were stunned at what you guys did to that team.
4: Yeah, it was pretty loud. It was loud at first. And then uh, I know when we went up and we came in for halftime, I heard a lot of booze going on and stuff like that. And then, you know, we kind of just kept kept off it on the gas pedal and, you know, never looked back and never let up. So, uh, you know, it got kind of quiet a little bit for sure.
0: <laughs> Alec, you guys had, I believe, what, six, seven sacks on Russell Wilson today. You know, traditionally, you guys have been pretty good at getting pressure on him. Uh, but once again, came through with another game plan that didn't allow them to do a whole, a whole heck of a lot of anything. What's the secret? I mean, what's the biggest thing when you're going up against Russell and how you guys get pressure on him?
4: Well, I mean, like we play him. We know him. We've been playing him, for him twice a year. So you know, we we know what he brings to the table. And we, you know, we know the type of you know game he has, and you know what they what they like to do. And so you know, it's just about us just doing our job a little bit better than, than they do theirs. So, you know, it's a credit to the back end, holding up in coverage and, you know, the front, you know, holding their rush lanes and, and getting pressure on them, getting to them, you know. So, it, that's it, you know, you all work hand in hand for sure.
3: Uh, He is Alec Ogletree of the L.A. Rams with us here. uh, Kind enough to spend a couple of minutes here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn with you here on FSR. Um, Alex, what was the conversation like post-game last week? You guys uh, got a tough loss at home against the Philadelphia Eagles, a back-and-forth battle, Um, You know, a lot of people watching, paying attention because it felt like that was two of the best teams in the NFL, not just the NFC. What was the messaging this week from Coach Sean McVay and some of the veterans there like yourself about how to rebound in a big spot?
4: Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, it was one game we had to learn from our mistakes. You know, we we uh, didn't do a lot of things we wanted to do last week to get the win, but, you know, Philly did enough to for them to win the game. And, you know, so we just wanted to come in this weekend. You know, we still had all our same goals that, uh, in front of us to accomplish. And, you know, we had to take it one week at a time, and this week was no different. And, and uh, you know, we just did a good job of – You know executing the game
0: plan that we had today you know alec last one from me man before we let you go Uh, just kind of curious what kind of statement is this not not just to your own division in the nfc west but just in the nfl i think there's some people out there who maybe are still hesitant to to get behind the rams train right now but what kind of statement game was this for you guys
4: uh i mean it's it's a statement that you know we we here to we're here to play you know we Definitely feel like we're a top team in the NFL, and, and uh, you know, any any given Sunday, you know, I feel confident. We feel confident in ourselves to go against anybody. So, uh, you know, we just we just have that mindset, and you know, we just got to continue for the next couple of weeks here in, into the playoffs. So,
3: he is a Rams linebacker, Alec Ogletree. Thanks so much for a few minutes of your time, man. A big win, Rams over the Seahawks, forty-two to seven. Just wrapping up a short time ago. We appreciate it, Alex. Thanks so much.
4: Thanks for
3: having me, uh, Jonas Knox Brady Quinn here back on Fox Sports Radio. For okay, there's you. You were telling me about this before the show, and and I want you to kind of explain your theory on this because there's sort of an analogy that is used in sports. It's kind of coach speak, and that was sort of showcased and exposed in this game. There's a, a certain mentality that you hear about. Um, explain what you were talking about to me before the show so that people can understand maybe why this shouldn't be that much of a surprise, what happened in Seattle.
0: As soon as a player gets injured, and it could be one of the best players on a team, you know, typically after practice or if it happens during a game, after the game, the coach stands up in front of the team and he says, next man up. You always hear that phrase, next man up. They have a next man up mentality. Someone's got to step up and and do their job and step into his place, try to find a way of producing. The truth is, you can only say that so many times. I mean, this is a defense in the Seattle Seahawks that was missing four pro bowlers. I mean, you just can't make up for that sort of talent when you're bringing guys in off the street, especially playing against a team I'm like the L.A. Rams, who you know, fought hard and, and, and played tough against the Seahawks earlier in the year when they lost that matchup. But that Seahawks team was dramatically different as far as their health compared to what they are now. I mean, they are a shell of themselves uh, defensively. And I think even special teams. I mean, Jonas, they, they signed some guys off the street who were all of a sudden coming in to play special teams for them. That's just not enough time uh, to be able to get in sync with what you're being asked to do, uh, you know, setting up for a game plan. Uh, to go beat a team, there's just not enough time, especially if the guy hasn't spent the entire season or hasn't been on the practice squad or something like that. So this is a banged up Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, I, I don't care what anyone says. When you start to lose that many players, especially talented ones, you know, like the Seattle Seahawks have, and guys like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and Cliff Averill, that it's going to come back to bite you. You know, those are the difference makers. Those are the guys who make those plays. That determine winning and losing games at times. So, you know, people, coaches can say it all they want, and they could try to believe that and buy into that. But the truth of the matter is, you know, this this Seattle Seahawks team is too banged up, and I think their defense has gotten exposed now. And offensively, you know, the Rams have always kind of had that kryptonite for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in regards to putting pressure on him. Uh, and tonight was just more of the same. Even though they've made improvements or thought they did on their offensive line, tonight was just more of the same of what I think we've seen in the past from this rivalry.
3: Yeah, and it, uh, it's funny because I was looking at this game before, just kind of, okay, well, this is one of the marquee games out there, and you're kind of doing some, and there were two obvious things to me that that I don't know if people realize this, but they're to- they, they were completely obvious to me when I was just kind of previewing this game. One, the Rams are much healthier. I got to be honest with you, man. They're a lot more talented, too. And yeah. so and, and and that's why I, I wonder if this is maybe I don't know if this is maybe just a reflection of a poor performance, but maybe this could be an ongoing trend. Because now you look around the division and Jimmy Garoppolo looks really good in San Francisco. And now they're winning games and beating teams in playoff races like they did a short time ago over the Tennessee Titans. Arizona's, you know, a mess and, and probably the worst team in the division. But we could be looking at a Seattle team that's on the decline and maybe maybe the window
0: closed and it's over. And I think that's going to be something that the Seattle Seahawks are going to have to look in the mirror and figure that out. When you're talking about Pete Carroll and John Schneider, um, you know you've got some guys under contract, but the fact of the matter is, and, and, and especially accomplished older veteran players, I hate to hear it, but but it's true. The likelihood of you know guys who are older, even though the Pro Bowl caliber players, whether it's Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, I mean, you go through the list. KJ Wright, who's a solid linebacker the likelihood as they grow older is they're going to get injured. They're not going to be as healthy consistently as a group playing together. Uh, and, and then there's the, the contract issue where you know, each one of those guys is going to want to try to maximize the, the most they can make while they're playing in the NFL, especially as they get closer to the end because those guys have won a Super Bowl. They've been to a couple Super Bowls. So you, you have to look at this team by now and think you know, they are, I guess you'd have to say, on, on the back end. I think of of what would be that window of what they're able to accomplish, and I think that's the toughest part uh, for for a lot of Seattle Seahawks oh, yeah. fans, and a lot of those players. Yeah, you know, be, they,
3: it's been such a great run, man, and I yeah. I actually think there's something to why Richard Sherman and so many of those guys were so bothered with the play calling at the goal line when Russell Wilson was intercepted. He knew it. and They. Because I I think that they knew, wow, that might have been our last real good chance at this thing. And you got to capitalize on those opportunities with you there. That's why I think it still resonates all these years later.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, he knows how hard it is to get back there. Like, those guys understand it. They'd won one before. So they know how hard it is to win one and be able to get back to that opportunity. And there's just not many chances that you have. I mean, every year is different. There's going to be different pieces that, that come in and come out and, and end up creating the culture that you have on that team. And we've seen the Seattle Seahawks have, have kind of tried to find that other piece besides Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancel. They've been trying to find that other cornerback you know, ever since Brandon Browner left. And, and Jeremy Lane has kind of filled it. He's been their nickel at times, but they just have never really been able to develop that other cornerback at that position or whoever that is getting to play at as high of a level. So you know, it's, it's tough, but that's the reality of the NFL. You know, teams, the way this system's built, all teams are built to be 8-8. Eight and eight. That's just the bottom line. That's why you get the worst team in the league, gets the number one overall pick in the following year's right. draft. You know, I mean, that's, that's how this league is set up. It's, it's for there to be parity and for it to be even. And in saying that, you know, there's not a lot of times where, where teams are able to, you know, keep these guys together and keep these teams together. So it's even harder for them to be able to maintain that continuity that I think they need to be successful.
3: He is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh coming up next, we have got a some a little some breaking news, and it is not good news. It could actually change the Super Bowl participant out of one conference. All right. We could now have a brand new participant in the Super Bowl based on what just came out in the NFL. Do not go anywhere. We'll have that for you next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Good to see somebody plugged in Steve DeSager's iPod. <laughs> good to see Steve could chime in with some of the holiday music. Hey, Steve, What is this? Steve, you savage, you. Is that Carpenters?
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> see, people can't hear on the podcast. Let's just say it's Carpenters. Oh, yeah, good point. Christmas, That is, yeah. that, that is sure. a good point.
1: Um
3: all right. So Jonas Stocks, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So uh, one of the great games all season long wrapped up a short time ago. And of course, we've got some controversy. We've also got some bad news um, regarding this game. So the Patriots beat the Steelers. We'll get to how the game ended because it was craziness. Um, But a report coming out from Ian Rappaport and several others. Uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network says Antonio Brown, who went down in the end zone clutching his calf, was taken to the hospital. He is done for the rest of the regular season, at least, uh, with what they're calling a partially torn calf muscle. Okay, I I believe that's the partially torn calf. Brady, uh, have you ever partially torn your calf?
0: No, I have uh, always had very small calves, so uh, I haven't really been uh, too concerned about ever tearing one, Yeah, and, and to that too? point, uh, I'm not really really that fast, so I don't think I move fast enough to ever worry about tearing one either. You, you, got, uh, you got small calves? You ever oh, see yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you, I thought you got your implants in this. No,
3: no, I, I, w- I would love to have implants. Like, I, I walk mm-hmm. around and uh, my ne- my nieces and nephews used to call me uh, Uncle Flamingo because uh, <laughs> that's what, it's embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing. That's why I got to wear baggy jeans. I feel you like wear I'm jeans I'm on in the, the, the 90s. Beach. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, the, you're the guy who wears jeans on the of course. Of <laughs> course. It's, it's, well, for multiple reasons. Um... <laughs> Well, the only the only place I'll wear uh, mesh shorts is in a strip club, but that's that's another conversation altogether. Okay, so uh, so Antonio Brown goes down with the partially torn calf. The Patriots come back, win that game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger intercepted in the end zone trying to make a play. Uh, it was a third down. He probably rushed it, um, tipped in the air, picked off. New England wins the game, closes it out. Uh, he would have had another down to try and make a play. But what everyone's going to go back to is – the throw uh, that was called back, um, in which uh, ben Jesse Ro- yeah Jesse James was diving for the end zone, they ruled his the ball bobbled as he was going down, and it was ruled an incomplete pass. I didn't have an issue with it.
0: No,
3: I I, I didn't see what the outrage was, but I think this is, goes back to this frustration that everybody's got to get back to. It's seemingly every single week about what's a catch, what's not a catch. Look, the rule is what
0: the rule is. He bobbled the ball. He didn't complete the process. What's the problem? I, I don't really understand what the problem is only because, you know, it, it's pretty specific. And we've seen this a number of times now, and they've gone back to try to clarify the rule. And I think anyone who understands, you know, what the rule is, and, and this, these are the key words, surviving the ground, meaning if you are a receiver – and if, if, in the action of the catch, meaning as you're starting to gain possession of the football, if you're going down to the ground, you have to maintain possession of the ball without using the ground as an aid in any way. And you have to maintain possession of it as you hit the ground and roll. And I know it's hard for people to look at that particular play because they're looking into Jesse James as he kind of turned and reached, but he knows better than that. I mean, in team meetings each week, Typically, you go through these sorts of plays of other teams. And as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, they'll point out this is what they did wrong. This is what we're not going to do wrong. Like when we die for the football like that, we're going to try to make sure we, we gain possession of the football and we make sure we get our hands underneath, we don't allow it to, to bobble or come out, and then we'll look to try to make a move once we feel like we have possession of the football. So unfortunately for Steelers fans, as much as you don't like it, I don't know that I like it a ton, That's the rule. That's the letter of the law. So as soon as I saw that, you knew that was going to be an incomplete pass.
3: Uh, Well, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he just got done speaking with the media a short time ago. Here was Tomlin
4: afterwards.
0: Do you have a problem with Ben going forward in that situation? No. No, man.
4: We play and play to win. That's what we do. I don't have HD and all of that stuff, so, um, you know, it's really irrelevant how I feel about it. To be honest with you, it's not going to change the outcome of the game. I'm not going to cry over spilt milk and all of that crap and talk about replay.
0: I ain't doing it. Well, good for him.
4: There
3: you go. I love Mike good, Tomlin. Yeah, good dude. for
0: him. How, you know, how good is he? He just he's straightforward. Well, There's no BS, man.
3: You know what I found w- was so interesting about this before. I was talking with uh, with Payne from PayneInsider.com. He's the co-host of the Bet the Board podcast and he's a an, he, professional sports better, NFL analyst. And, and I was asking him what. Professionals and what a lot of the gamblers and guys that were looking at this line because the Patriots coming off that poor Monday night game were a three point favorite in Pittsburgh, and I said, "Listen, what what is? What, are you guys surprised by the line?" And he says, "He says a lot of people were surprised by the number. They said the only reason, if because if you stack up talent for talent, I mean Pittsburgh's got more offensive talent than New England does. I mean yeah. Gronk, Gronk was unbelievable down the stretch, but but better wide receiver, better running back." And at least a somewhat comparable quarterback, he said the mismatch is Tomlin against Belichick. That Tomlin just refuses to adjust, and I was I was see how fired up Tomlin was going to be for this game because this is now becoming a trend. More people are talking about. I don't know if there's anything to it, but there's more and more people are discussing that when Belichick meets Tomlin, he owns
0: him tonight. But I mean, maybe not so much. Like if 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 Antonio Brown doesn't leave this game, I I don't know that the Patriots win it. Right.
3: and that, it feels like, but in the, in the NBA, you can see a clear mismatch. Like, like if, if one coach is better than another, there's a mismatch, even though athleticism and who's got the best player usually seemingly wins. You can clearly see when one coach is better than the other, but is, is that even, is it possible though in the NFL where coaching matchups matter that much? Do you recall a time in, in your career where you knew you had the better coach and that was going to be a decided
0: advantage for you going into a game? I, don't think, I think you're making more of it than maybe it is. I think at times you see that. But like, like in this case, I didn't feel like Bill Belichick had a better game plan going into this, again, until Antonio Brown got hurt. Then, then teams had to adjust. Things had to adjust. And I think that's where I'd credit Bill Belichick as far as what he did tonight. You know, defensively in particular, you know, they had to adjust their scheme. Because if you saw early on, when they were playing a lot of their single high-man coverage, that safety was all the way over on that side of the field. Giving help to whoever was going to be, end up being matched up on Antonio Brown, whether it was Malcolm Butler or whoever else. It was a majority of the time was Butler, but you know it, it's tough then to sit there and say, okay, Brown's not in there. We don't know how they're going to adjust, but this is how we have to adjust as far as our calls down the stretch defensively. So um, I, I didn't think there was nec- anything necessarily decidedly down the stretch. You know, I just thought the way the game ended up working out, it was kind of unfortunate. Because in the final moments, I thought not that Pittsburgh panicked. I just thought, you know, if you're gonna, you had the opportunity if, if you're Ben to call something besides the fake spike, right? And that that was it was kind of like apparent that was what he was trying to do. And at that point, just throw the football away. It's third down. Live to kick the field goal and go play in you know overtime. You're you're playing at home it doesn't make any sense to me so and I don't, so I don't think mike Tomlin had anything to do with that like to yeah. me that's more on ben Roethlisberger and kind of his decision making in that moment and whereas you know again you watch tom brady or you watch the new England patriots defense i mean it just it was flashes of the super bowl it's versus the seattle seahawks
3: man. like i i don't know that there's been anybody better in that moment or anybody you trust like and he looks so calm he, like they he knows he's just so familiar with where everybody's supposed to be and it's not like he's playing with a lot of guys who are either a completely healthy or he's spent a lot of time with Brandon Cooks has been fantastic with them um, I thought they were even getting uh, was it Kenny Britt even caught a couple of passes and was getting involved in the game but down the stretch like you give him time and you get him in, in, and he just
0: out of the gun
3: he's unbelievable like have you seen anybody as good as him ever do it?
0: no and not at 40 years old like, like that's Crazy. the thing that i think i'm always shocked by is every time you see him step up or push up into the pocket to avoid this these edge rushers guys like bud dupree uh you know tj whoever else you want to make a case for like, like those guys are sitting there in their 20s this guy's almost twice their age and he's avoiding them and he's finding ways of making throws and i mean how how much can you say about rob gronkowski and the way he played on oh the stretch God. in that final drive like I don't want to make too much of one player because this team won a Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski, but he was phenomenal tonight. And that's maybe a little bit of a reason why on Monday night last week they struggled so much on third down.
3: Like a, a full blown mismatch. No matter who they put on him, there was even a play where I think the uh, Patriots had it might have been a fourth, it might have been a third down or a fourth down in the second half. And you're watching it, and Rob Gronkowski goes out in motion and he's got one on one coverage. And you knew immediately it's going to be a quick slant to Gronkowski. Best guy's going to win. And guess what happened? He just caught it. Uh, the Steeler defender could do nothing about it. And it was a t- and all game long. Any time they wanted to go to Gronk down the middle or up the seam on the sidelines, the two point conversion at the end wasn't even
0: close. Like he's just a monster at tight end. I think the other thing you have to look at is remember that you see that catch he made coming across the middle. Oh, awesome. when he went down low to <laughs> it's, get the football, it's so good. But but that's like that's the difference between the New England Patriots winning the game and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Like Jesse James in that same scenario, you know, didn't have the mindset of just making the catch first. And then worrying about it. I mean, he was so focused on making that catch, securing the football, because he knew they were in position. Then score. Like that's all that matters in that moment. You know, not looking besides you know the opportunity to make that big catch and get the additional yards. And this, those little small things to me is what makes New England so special. Like when you want to talk about the the disadvantages or the advantages of a coaching staff. Yeah, that's what Bill Belichick does so well. They do the little things that no one else wants to always take the time to go over or practice or work on. They do those little things all the time, every day, better than everyone else.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. We do want to tell you about a good cause. It's uh, the Salvation Army. Love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to FoxSportsRadio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SALJOIN. That's 1-833-S-A-L-J-O-I-N. Coming up next, uh, we have got a key battle coming up in the NFL, okay? But it's not for what you think it is. We're not talking about playoff spots. We're talking about championships, surprisingly. We'll tell you what that is coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest, it's a great Steve DeSager.
5: Good evening, gentlemen. We have kickoff underway. of The Sunday night game, Dallas at Oakland. Dallas 7-6. The Raiders record 6-7. and seven. New England and Pittsburgh each 11-3, and three, but the Patriots won at Pittsburgh today, 27-24 on a touchdown with about a minute to go so the Patriots clinched the AFC East for a ninth straight year. Wide receiver Antonio Brown of the Steelers left early with a partially torn calf muscle. Reports say he could come back for the playoffs next month. The Rams led 40-0 at Seattle in the third quarter 42-7 the final. Todd Gurley, three touchdown runs in the first half. San Francisco nipped Tennessee 25-23 on a 45-yard field goal on the final play. Robbie Gold now has three games this year with at least five field goals. He was 6-for-6 today on field goals, including a couple 48-yarders, a 50-yarder, and the game-winning 45-yarder. Green Bay got Aaron Rodgers back in the lineup He had three touchdowns and three interceptions. They lost at Carolina 31-24. If the Falcons win tomorrow night, the Packers will officially be eliminated. NFL Network also saying Arizona is officially eliminated. Bengals and Jets as well. The Bengals, multiple reports earlier today that Coach Marvin Lewis is going to move on, maybe get a front office job. Cincinnati lost 34-7 at Minnesota. The Vikings clinched the NFC North title. Jacksonville clinched a playoff spot for the first time in about a decade, 45-7 their final over Houston. And I mentioned Carolina won at home. Carolina owner Jerry Richardson will put his team up for sale after this season. He's being investigated currently for workplace misconduct. The SI report is that they've learned that at least four former Panthers employees have received significant monetary settlements. Due to inappropriate workplace comments and conduct by Richardson, including sexually suggested language and behavior. And on at least one occasion, directing a racial slur at a Panther scout who's African-American. Back to you.
3: Oh, boy. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what to do with that
0: story. I, right. I, I don't know either. I mean, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> no, you it's, don't know it's, what to do. It's sad only because of what Jerry Richardson represents, and in the sense that, you know one, he's one of 30, 32 NFL owners,, yeah. but he's a former player. Like I think as a former player, the thing that upsets me the most about this is there's few men who have the opportunity to be in his shoes. I meaning to have bought a franchise or to own a franchise and be able to be a part of that elite group in the NFL. I mean, it's just you don't you don't see that. And I think, you know, because of, you know, all this stuff coming out. And again, until we know what's true, until we know what's not, you know, I hate obviously, uh, you know, victimizing someone before I know all the facts. And this is just coming out today. But it's just a bad example, if it is true, for all those players and guys who I think look, kind of looked up to him as far as what he's done with his career after playing the game of football.
1: I have a, a
3: buddy who's who runs a really successful company, and he's done really, really well and to the point to where – and I don't want to name the company because if they find out that he's friends with me, then nobody will buy anything from the company ever again. Um, <laughs> but, he, but one of my dear friends, and he has said that after they sell the company and move on, and he's a big sports fan – One of my dear friends, he has said that him and his partner, their goal and their dream is to own a professional sports team. But he talked about how difficult it is to get in. It is so hard to to own one of these teams. Like you mentioned, it thirty two owners in the NFL. You know how many people would love to own an NFL team? Like how many people? Oh my! Like ask Donald Trump, ask
0: John Bon Jovi, uh, ask all the people. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban tried
3: to buy another a baseball team, and I mean, he couldn't get enough. Like so. It is such an exclusive category to be in when you are an owner of a professional sports team. And I talked to my buddy about it. He's like, it is so hard to do, but that is my goal. That is my dream to do. And it's not just about the money. It's about how many things, you, like the, the waiting list is so long. The fact that this guy has got to give that up to somebody now, give all of that up. And he's been been a successful owner for a long, long time. Just goes to show you, one how serious the allegations are, and maybe the evidence that they have, but also what today's climate is. And it's every day; it seems like something comes out, and, and you find out somebody did something in their past, or they've got some skeleton in their closet. And and that's why when the story broke, right as we went on air, I'm like, I don't know what else to provide this story. Like, I don't know what I what we can do to really give a good idea of what is happening or what happened there in Carolina with Jerry Richardson.
0: Yeah, I get at this point, I don't think there's there's not much to elaborate on. Yeah. I think the reaction by Jerry Richardson after the report, oh yeah, initially had come out. Um, that to me is is pretty telling, and yeah. that's all you can really say at this point. Clearly, there's a lot of things that are true. If if he's willing to say, you know what, uh, I'm I'm going to sell my billion dollar franchise because there are some things that are now coming to light, and and I don't want to have to to live in that light right now. I'd rather just get rid of the team, you know, pass it on to someone else, and you know, have to own up for my mistakes. If you even consider that being the case, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if if all these things are true, uh, it's it's incredibly unfortunate to say the least for all those people who are, you know, involved. Um, but you know he's selling a team for what a billion dollars. Yeah, that's probably it, what the sale of this team is going to be. I mean he, he's still ending up with a billion dollars, two billion, whatever the sale price is. It's not like he's losing out, you know, that bad. Bes- besides the the prestige of owning a team in professional sports.
3: Well, I know, like out here, Donald Sterling in L.A. When he had yeah, to sell exactly. the Clipper. I mean, first of all, the the Donald's the, one of the worst kept secrets. Steve Desagers here, and Steve knows this because he's been covering sports in L.A. longer than any of us have been alive, mm-hmm. and Steve knows. When the reports came out about Donald Sterling and how he was as the owner of the Clippers, you know who wasn't
5: surprised? Everybody here in L.A. that's covered sports. And everybody who has been a tenant in one of his Yes.
3: I mean, this this stuff goes way back. So I wonder how many guys in the NFL, how many other owners in the NFL are seeing this news come out and they're going, oh, God, uh, is there anything I need to be concerned about? Like, is there anything I need to be worried about? Because if, if these are just the allegations coming out on Jerry Richardson now, who knows how, how long and how far back this stuff went on? I mean, it, it's, God, it's just a, a rough situation. Um, all right. So uh, we said we didn't have a lot to offer it, and we just spent an entire segment on it. So I apologize <laughs> for that lie. That was a full-blown lie. Um, you have been lied to. All right, so that won't be the first time. We do it every Sunday night, though. (laughs) At some (laughs) point in the show, we lie to the people. Unbelievable. Uh, All right, so he is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so we've got to get to this. I teased it. Poor radio formatics on my end, but I've got to get to it because there's a battle for a championship going on in the NFL, but it's a championship you've never heard of. We are going to debut that championship for you next year on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, God. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. <sighs> What's wrong with this? Song stinks. I don't know. What, what do you think? It's it's Christmas
0: time, Jonas. Yeah. I
3: don't know. It, anything's better than uh, what I heard this weekend. I was doing a show this weekend, and somebody played a Christmas song, and I said as a joke, who's that
0: winger? And they said, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, wait, winger has Christmas music? Oh, everyone has Christmas music, man. It's like a it's an extra way of putting out an album, getting your fans to buy stuff, even though it's probably garbage. I don't
3: know. Can we get Mariah Carey again this week? Because we were moving, oh, moving and shaking, man. There's something she's about that so song. good. There's something about that song just revs my engine. I don't know what it is.
0: What? Which one? Um.
3: <sighs> why do you do that to me? You throw me alley oops. She's, she's <laughs> so good, though. Oh, In yeah. all seriousness, like yeah, she's great. She's awesome. Good singer too. Yeah. Um all right so uh Brady Quinn Jonas Knox you live from the uh, Geico Fox Forge Radio Studios there's great news there's a quick way you could save money switch to Geico go to geico.com in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance all right we've got uh, we have got an unofficial championship game underway Brady Quinn it is Sunday night football Raiders hosting the Cowboys. It is the battle to find out which fan base is the most obnoxious. Who you got, Brady
0: Quinn? Oh, you know what? I think I got to deal with the Cowboys. Yeah, And the only reason is being this. You know, as soon as Zeke went out, there was all those people who, Cowboys fans, die hard. But they're all of a sudden saying Dak wasn't as good because he struggled for two games After you know Tyron Smith was out and he got sacked, what a bajillion times versus Atlanta. Like all of a sudden, Dak wasn't the same player because of it, and because he needed Zeke. Like even Dallas Cowboys fans were saying it. So I'd have to give them the benefit of the doubt because you know they're a team that just seems to have too high of expectations their fan base does every single year like they can't be pleased with the fact that they've got their franchise quarterback in prescott they've got one of the best players in zeke and they've got some other young pieces as well on defense that are developing like maybe they'll win the super bowl this year but they look the future's bright for this team it is
3: um and then uh Dallas finds himself in a must-win situation because you had Detroit win. Uh, well, they basically had a bye week against Chicago. Uh, you've got Atlanta playing on Monday Night Football. Carolina won. Oh, we'll get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. But the loss by the Packers was helpful. And then you've got Dallas tied with Seattle. So this is a, this is a big spot for the Cowboys to be in. And I just – why do I get – everyone was looking – and I don't know if this is true. Okay, give me give – me, uh, as a player inside the locker room, Okay, a guy who's been there, Brady Quinn. Give me, Tell me if this is uh, us on the outside totally overthinking things. So the narrative on the, on the Oakland Raiders was, if they couldn't get up for that game last week at Kansas City with an opportunity to try and get into first place in their division, what makes you think they're going to get jacked up for this game at home on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys? And my thought process was, well, I don't know, because it's in prime time. And everybody's watching, and you can spoil somebody's season. Like, like, is that like whose whose uh, whose analysis is more is more spot on? There, the person who says if they couldn't do it last week, why would they do it this week?
0: Or me? I kind of don't think it's either. Thanks, Brady. Oh, like, that is awesome. To, what a good to, person to Brady be Quinn, honest. Everybody. Like, I wish there was a third option Jesus. because this is how I feel. Like, for it seemed like the Raiders, based on last week versus KC, and now looking at the slim slim possibility they could go to the playoffs. It's, it's more of this like if Dallas goes up by three scores, I don't know that many guys are saying like that they're, they're caring as much about coming back into this game like I, I think if there's a big deficit all of a sudden to a team that's got a losing record right now, a team that you know hasn't met its expectations of what they were a year ago, I think they all of a sudden don't necessarily fight the same way when they're down like that you know guys are more just saying to themselves, Okay, I just need to get through this game healthy because we're not winning this one. Finish the season healthy. I don't want to get put on IR. You know, still go to the Pro Bowl if you're a Pro Bowl. You know, players voting just finished for all that last week. So, um, it, it it's more of that in my mind. Whereas the if the game gets out of hand, I don't I don't know that you see the same sort of effort because you know, each week before the game, I mean, you're still got to do your job. You're still getting paid. You're still going out there to fight. I just think those. That's why we're seeing so many lopsided games. Like you see Seattle. Versus LA, you see so many other games. You know, we kind of mentioned have got like got out of hand today because when a team gets down, like the Cincinnati Bengals up in Minnesota, like they're not fighting to come back in that. Like if it's not a close competitive game, like those guys are probably throwing them in the towel. Uh, you know, I think the reason why our show is the uh, highest rated show on the network in this time
3: slot uh, when we're on is because, and if you think about that, you'll get the joke. Is because we don't really do this. Um, X's and O's, preview analysis. I know, Britt, you love doing that. I mean, it's oh, your I favorite, it. your favorite deal, thing man. to That's my man. That's
0: my thing. It's my wheelhouse. I
3: know, and, and I've got to talk you away from that all the time. Uh, what we do is we like to bring up stuff that maybe other people haven't thought about. It's why Live Bet Jesus is such a hit uh, globally. Everybody wants in on Live Bet Jesus. I do have it on good authority. He will be an active member of the show coming up later on. But also, I would like to pose this question to you. Over, under, all right, five and a half, videos of fights in the crowd by the time this game is over. Over under five Over. Over. Yes.
0: Over. Got to be. First off, where's this game being played, Oh, at at the O.co, the world's biggest urinal. Are you kidding me? That place is a dump. Oh. I told you, like, my first time ever going out there, I was with the Browns, and there was, like, little kids, (laughs) probably eight, nine years old, (laughs) flicking you off, giving you the middle (laughs) finger, yelling obscenities. I was kind of looking at it thinking to myself, my gosh like what what kind of influence is this i kind of look to see if find their parents and and they look like a bunch of like juggalo fans like oh. all, all all tailgating <laughs> and doing god knows what like bill's mafia is one thing the raiders fans they turn up to a whole different level man that black hole is for real and there are things that like you would never ever want to hear or see ever in your lifetime that occur in that stadium and in that parking lot before and after the game.
3: Oh, uh, there's nothing that 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 wets my whistle more than seeing a gang member throw down while wearing a Todd Marinovich jersey. I don't man, I don't know if there's anything that gets me going more. It's like when that preseason game happened between the 49ers and the Raiders a few years ago and they show these guys brawling in the crowd and the guy's got like uh tattoos on his neck and on his head and he's wearing like some Tom Rathman jersey. I'm thinking to myself <laughs> Why doesn't that add up to me? Like, something about that visual doesn't work for me. Tom Rathman doesn't throw down. He doesn't have uh, uh, tattoos all over his, his head and his neck like he's Bam Bam Bigelow. You know what I mean? Like, something didn't add up to me. So so we're going to take the over on five and a half documented fights on video on this game at the end of it? Yeah, just check Twitter. Like Look, look, look yes. for
0: whatever the hashtag is for Sunday Night Football or, you know, Raiders versus the Cowboys. It'll be ridiculous.
3: Um, I have a, uh, a buddy of mine who was actually at this game, and he sent me a picture as he was walking into the O.co. Um, and I want to keep it very polite with this guy because I know his mom is a listener to the show. Uh, so, Di- Diane, I'm not going to bring up the fact that he's an alcoholic. Do not worry about it. I'm not going to take a personal shot like that, so don't worry about it. Um, but uh, but he is an alcoholic and and a degenerate gambler, if you didn't know. And he said that in walking into the stadium – that police were standing around with assault rifles. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, hold on a second. Like, when did the O.co CO turn into Baghdad? Like, when did, when did that happen here? Like, 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 and whose idea was it not to flex this game out into the daytime so that these people don't have uh, so many
0: hours to get hammered before kickoff? That kind of goes against the uh, conventional thought, though, right? Like we've, we've been saying that they haven't had a, a Sunday night game in L.A. down there at the Coliseum for a reason, too. This would kind of buck that theory. Um.
3: Well, yeah, that makes us look like we didn't know what we were talking about, which is why I don't like it. <laughs> So I don't remember what show that was that we said that, but can we go back and delete that from the podcast so we don't have proof that we don't know what it we're talking about? It was
0: probably about a month ago, right? Because wasn't there... Um, who are the rams plan? Well, it might have been it might have been LA versus Philly, it Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah,
3: or it was last week. Or
0: last week? I don't
3: know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. Time flies these days. Uh, all right, so he is uh Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio as we come to you live here from the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio. All sorts of stuff to get to in the NFL, but there's one game in particular that everybody's going to be talking about, right? It is one of the games of the year in the NFL, and there was a a play in this game that is going to be ignored by many people who watched, and I'm going to throw a conspiracy theory at Brady Quinn that is going to knock his socks off, and I got news for you. That's all the guy is wearing right now. That's coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we got some drama that just came out in the NFL. This is this is wonderful. I mean, it is the season. We have got drama Brady Quinn and we're going to get your thoughts on it because you may have intimate knowledge on some of this drama in the NFL coming up here in just a minute. Uh, As I mentioned, he is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. We do this show every single week. If you're new to it, where the hell you been? Because we always do it from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So uh, the Seattle Seahawks get annihilated by the L.A. Rams Um, earlier. We talked to Alec Ogletree um, who was uh, who had a bunch to say uh, and and full of energy following that win uh, earlier on in the show here on Fox Sports Radio, and we were both. I mean, we were talking about okay, is this the end of of Seattle? Maybe the end of the run, and apparently there's some infighting that is now going on with the Seahawks, where Earl Thomas questioned whether or not Bobby Wagner should have been in the game and should have played with his injured hamstring. To which Wagner went to Twitter and said the following that I'm assuming is going to be deleted here soon. Quote, and okay, I'm going to do my best here. E, keep my name out your mouth. Stop being jealous of other people's success. I still hope you keep balling, bro. End quote. Uh, by the way, I am Caucasian, if you couldn't tell. that was uh, That's how that sounded. Um, that was awful. Yeah, listen, but, man. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm reading exactly what's on the screen. It's like a teleprompter. I'm not going to steer away from it. Your <laughs> thoughts on that, on him going... First of all, him going to Twitter, which is pretty funny. Uh, secondly, what do you make of that? You spent time in Seattle. Is that commonplace in uh, Seattle? Guys just like
0: to get after each other a little bit? Well, I, I think that locker room tends to have a, a different dynamic than a lot of other ones, and it's because... Pete Carroll really lets players take control and accountability of it. So there is a, a little bit more of, of those kind of tough conversations and moments. But it, to me, it kind of reminds me of my family. And I don't know how you are, but you know, you, you love your family. But that doesn't mean you're not going to fight Who are you talking to? to <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll speak for myself. Maybe <laughs> other people out there I'm feel this way.
3: Kidding. It's a
0: joke. But, but in all seriousness, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to fight with them. It doesn't mean you're not going to you know, confront them or have issues with things, right? That's kind of how that locker room is. You know, other places, I think guys they'll go bitch and complain like off to the side, or maybe they just won't say anything at all, and they'll just kind of deal with whatever differences that they have or anything else that's going on. In Seattle, those guys like to kind of confront each other and air it out and make sure everything's on the table between one another, which is why one I'm kind of surprised. Bobby took to Twitter only because, you know, typically, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have Earl's number. Um, And and people probably think, well, why didn't he just walk over and say something to him in the locker room? Usually, after a game when you lose, especially that bad, you're not hanging around the locker room with everyone, you know? You're trying to get back home, trying to get away from the situation. Because uh, you're frustrated, right? Get back home.
3: If I'm in Seattle and I lose that bad, I'm going to Pioneer Square and I'm drinking until I see uh, spaceships.
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> or just home. see the Space Needle. But either <laughs> either way, either way, the whole point of it is like it's a different team. Like they handle things in a different way, a different manner. I mean, how many times last year do we recall, you know, seeing Richard Sherman get upset on the sidelines? And seeing everyone on the team kind of surround him and jump up and down and kind of talk to him, you know, Earl Thomas was, you know, the, the, one of those leaders on that team. You know, he's going to be a vocal guy, a vocal, you know, a, vo- a voice in that locker room. So was Bobby Wagner. So it's just kind of surprising that he more took to Twitter, in my mind, only because you know that's a, it's a different environment, like probably the most unique locker room that I was ever a part of or was ever around. That I think it tends to work. But, again, there's got to be resolve. Like, those guys are going to have to figure out a way of handling things between one another. And here's the hard part. That is a locker room full of alphas. I mean, that's what the NFL is comprised of. Uh, it is a survival of the fittest, man. When you walk into certain rooms, and I don't. It's, it, this is how I compare it. You ever walk in one of those bars where you just kind of get the feeling that, like, every one of the dudes is kind of looking around, like, wait, kind of sizing everyone up. Like, if there's if there's of a course. fight that breaks yeah. out, like they're sizing everyone up. Uh-huh. That is that is like that's kind of how that locker room is in the <laughs> sense of like. Don't get your mind out of the gutter. I know exactly where, what? as soon as I said, sizing each other up, well, listen, I knew exactly where you are going to go with uh, that.
3: Listen, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but as, as I've told you before, the move is, uh, you know, if you're in a trough, you just say, uh, hey, get
0: a load of my new watch, and you see who actually looks. You know? I, I knew we couldn't have this conversation. I, I knew at some point it was going to go here, and we couldn't have this intimate conversation, all right? Um, but um, no, I know what you're saying, and, and and by the way, that bar is called Sharkies in Newport Beach, where every guy,
3: uh, where, where every guy guys looking to throw down i know exactly what you're saying and and but you've 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 talked about this before how it's just a different like that locker room is just
0: different than everybody else right like it's just yeah. not normal and and i think you know in and you know not again not trying to read into the situation like i have intimate knowledge on on those two and what they're thinking but you know it's it's probably a scenario where look bobby saw it he wanted to address it because both you know that's something that you know, is going to be public from what Earl, what Earl Thomas said, so he knows that the fastest way he can address it publicly is by putting out something on Twitter like that. And whether that's right or wrong, depending on you know your take on what you'd want to see from your teammate, uh, it's it's how he's chose chose to handle it. And I, and again, I'm sure they're going to find some sort of resolve. You know, once they go in and watch the tape together, once they have to address one another, but you know, in a season like this, man. You never know. Like sometimes there could be some fireworks first before this thing gets settled. Um, Earl Thomas,
3: here were the initial comments that that caused the response on social media from Bobby Wagner. Here was Earl Thomas.
2: How limited do you think Bobby was, from your observation? I, I have no
4: clue. Um, but you know, you normally see Wags, you know, running from sideline side to sideline, and uh, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't do it today. Uh, but I, I think he just waited a little bit too long to take a step off.
5: Your coordinator got your
1: after you pretty good on the defense, pretty good on the sidelines, in the second quarter. What was some
4: the message there?
1: Oh, to I didn't hear it. Uh, I didn't hear it. Yeah,
3: and uh, and apparently there was also uh, other comments from him where he said, I believe the backups could have done just as good.
0: Um Which, so. again, I think that's more people making more of it. You know, just being around Earl a little bit. He's not that type, man, to attack his teammates. He's really not. And I don't. And I don't. I don't listen to that. I don't hear that because you can read a headline, right? and it can be misleading if you don't see tone. Like that's the problem I think with our culture more than anything else is, you know, we see a headline and we automatically think we know exactly how that person said it. No different than emails or text messages, right? Where people all of a sudden read in between the lines when people are short or they're more to the point and there's not as many pleasantries. People always, you know, t- they they take that as being rude, right? And and like just to apply it to this situation, that's not how Earl Thomas is. Like he's not one of those guys that attacks his teammates at all. You know, I think he he understands Bobby Wagner, how hard he works and what he does day in, day out. So so again, they like that's how they address things. They tend to speak their mind in that locker room and they tend to be open with one another. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things continue, but it may be just more of a sign of the frustrations of this season for Seattle.
3: Uh, let me ask you this. All right, because there has been stories that have come out of that locker room before, and I'm not even going to get into the whole, uh, you know, Golden Tate and uh, Russell Wilson's ex-wife. I mean, you can Google that, and you can do your research if you want. I'm not going to go there with you, but I want to know this. There was a story that came out that before the Super Bowl, maybe the night before the Super Bowl that they won, that Percy Harvin punched somebody, whether it be Doug Baldwin or Golden Tate. Is there any truth to that rumor? I have
0: no idea. I mean, Come on, I wasn't, man! I wasn't there at that man. I wasn't there with the team. All right, pretend we're year. off the I air with the and Rams me. that year. All right, I, per, I, I would not know because again, it's a unique setting, a unique locker room. It's it's you know no one's no one's going to out anything like that that ever happened. Okay, especially especially for a team that won the Super Bowl All that right. year.
3: Then let me ask you this: Would it surprise you if you found out that Percy Harvin knocked out either Golden Tate or Doug
0: Baldwin? uh I'll, I'll put it this way i'm never surprised i wouldn't be surprised if, if if you know some sort of fight ensued between players you know in that locker room only because you know things can tend to get heated and like i said before the way that entire organization is built jonas is all based on the premise of competition yeah everything you do is a competition you're always competing against everyone everyone and everything you do so, because of that, like you've got ultra competitive players in there, guys who's got chip on their shoulders, who are, are trying to prove that they're the best all the time and everything they do, and like they, they tend to communicate a little different with one another. So, if if guys ended up getting heated and there ended up being a fight that ensued from that, that would definitely not shock me in that locker room. But again, that's that's not saying that um, it's that happened in that particular case. I'm just saying like. That's a different. That's an entirely different locker room than some of the other ones I've been in that are much more laid back. And, and look, maybe they're onto some right because they've been extremely oh, of successful. Course.
3: Yeah, no. And but when did you when you first got to Seattle? When what was the first moment or the first incident that you watched or maybe the first the first sign that indicated to you, wow, this is completely different than any place I've
0: ever been in my career? Um, gosh, that's tough. Probably the first team meeting seeing how that went with Pete, because it was basically like a pep rally. And, like, there was just different things going on. It was fast-paced. It was upbeat. There was, like, a competition. Guys were, were shooting basketballs in the team meeting room, Uh and, and there was, like, a competition based on that. And then as soon as you got out for a walkthrough, like, they were walkthroughs, man. Guys were competing with just T-shirt and shorts on and whatnot, awesome. going up against one another in, in like, the season for a what supposed walkthrough. I mean, I was, like – how are guys supposed to get open on offense if (laughs) if the defense is playing like that? Like our guys need to be running full speed then. So it was just, it was an entirely different scenario just as far as how they practiced all the time. And the, you know the, the trash talking back and forth. You know calling each other. I mean, it was it was a it was an intense, fun environment. I'll put it that way. That's awesome. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox
3: Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next here. So I do have a conspiracy theory. So that is the situation in Seattle that we just talked about. Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, kind of going at it a little bit on social media and post game. Um, there's a situation though that I'm going to try and stir a conspiracy up. And Brady's going to do what he normally does, and makes me feel like an idiot on national radio. But it's fun because uh, it makes me feel alive, man. So uh, we're going to do that next year—a conspiracy theory. I'm going to try and stir up to see if I can convince Brady of. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Um. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to try and, this song right now, don't you? Yeah, because it gets me depressed. Uh, it just, really? Like, I, here's what I picture. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast Tough Balls, think of it. What's the name of this song, Bobo? Oh, this is uh John Bon Jovi. This is Bon Jovi? Yes. Yeah. This is Bon He'd Jovi. He come home for Christmas. Okay. This makes huh. me think of a guy sitting at the end of the bar and yeah. he's and he's got the Drinking little, by himself. Yeah, little straw on the drink and he's he's, he's got spin, the Santa hat on and he's spinning the ice yeah, shade <laughs> yeah, of oh, yeah. days. Yeah, and he's spinning the ice around in his uh in his fifth Jack Daniels straight. Or it's probably well well you know, yeah, well whiskey so well at that point. And he's thinking about, man, I could still be married if I wasn't such a degenerate gambler. Like, that's, that's what I think of when I hear that song.
5: So you're having, like, flashbacks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's, pretty much. Yeah,
3: I listened to that on the way in. That's when I got ready for that <laughs> Um By the way, by the way that, uh, that, that pleasant sight uh, makes me think of one thing, the Salvation Army, because love has an army, and you can join the fight, help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Uh, how about that? An huh? unbelievable professional, transition, smoothest sandpaper professional transition there. Wow, man, that's how it's done. All right, can I uh, stir up a conspiracy theory here, Brady?
0: Oh yeah, please
3: do. Uh, by the way, uh, what is it? Ten nothing, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys the, the are, the, are rolling. Yeah, with a ten nothing lead over the Raiders early on in the second quarter. So far, no fights in the stands. Uh, but uh, it is still early, and, we don't uh, know that. Yeah, could, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, maybe there was. Uh, maybe there was uh, a brawl on the state. Well, there probably was, but we won't yeah. know until uh, until later on. Um, all right, so here's my conspiracy theory. So in the Steelers-Patriots game, in which the Patriots won the game uh, on a Roethlisberger-rushed interception that was tipped in the air uh, in the end zone at the end, there was a play in which Juju Smith-Schuster caught a crossing route and went up the sideline untouched and got like 60-something yards on the reception. And so it looked very similar to the play on Monday Night Football in, in which the Steelers beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football. You know the one where uh, where John Gruden made it seem like uh, you
0: know somebody it was uh, Le'Veon like, Bell, and yeah, William like, Jackson, yeah, just like, put his hands up, the, they yeah, didn't want to touch them.
3: Yeah, there were all the like all the big hits in that game, and John Gruden made it seem like uh, guys were about to you know tase each other and pull out battle axes and all that, like it was uh, Game <laughs> of Thrones, yeah, like it was Game of Thrones and like a flying dragons and warlords and ghouls and and all the other stuff to go along with it. And so Le'Veon Bell goes up the sideline. And Joe goes untouched and just runs into the end zone. And it kind of looked like that play. And here is my conspiracy theory for you. I don't even know conspiracy is the right word. Who cares? You're all drunk anyways. Here's my, here's my theory. I think that because defensive players are so worried about getting either fined or getting flagged for big hits, that when a guy goes towards the sidelines – And Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster maybe slow up like they're going to go out of bounds. Defenders pull off, and that's twice that the Steelers have used that rule against defenders to gain extra yardage. How about that? Yeah, I
0: just uh, yeah. But
3: I I got my feet up here. Go ahead and kick my
0: feet up here. I uh, (sighs) I don't see how that's like the play versus the Bengals is anywhere near or close to what happened. In today's game, and here's why. Uh, for starters, I mean it. <laughs> oh my God, Marshawn Lynch just killed somebody. I swear
3: to God, he almost killed that guy.
0: It should be a oh He's a rookie. That is that is. He'll remember that for the rest of his career. Is that the guy from Colorado? Yes. Oh He's my a very good God. corner, but
3: oof, he, man. he he thinks he thinks he's from uh, Tibet now. He <laughs> oh my. God. Talking about scars. Okay. My goodness. Uh, that is bad for the radio audience. Just look up the Marshawn Lynch
0: play uh, if you want to know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, so anyways, look, these two plays have nothing to do with one another. Uh, for starters, since then he was playing zone coverage, okay? So they had two defenders that had the angle on Le'Veon Bell. And as he started to run up the sideline, they both kind of let him go, thinking that he had been, he'd stepped out and he wasn't in all that. With Juju Smith-Schuster in today's game, New England was playing man-to-man. Uh, I believe it was Eric Rowe who got beat, and basically the rest of the defense, were trying to, besides the two deep safeties, uh, who are the deep halves of the field, who were trying to come up and make a tackle, they just took bad angles. No, no one necessarily like put their hands back or were afraid to hit them, they just they tripped over each other, there was a couple missed tackles, a bad angle, and all of a sudden it ended up being a big play. Uh, but I don't think I think that's the last thing that goes through these guys' heads. To okay. be quite honest with
3: you, do I get any credit at all for trying to
0: stir up a potential um, in- interesting
3: take? I don't know if take I'm, is. Like, the right I'm not word. even
0: sure why. Yeah, I'm not even sure why. Like a, a defender would be that concerned. Like in the case of Le'Veon Bell, that was a little bit different um, because of how close he was, and and it was. Then he started to run continue to run forward. Like Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't really that close to the sideline that uh that made you think that he had stepped out. Like those guys were chasing him basically at that point once well, he got close.
3: Well, do you think that cause remember when quarterbacks when the slide rule came in? There was there was been talk that sometimes maybe quarterbacks, I don't I I'm trying to remember, maybe it was Brady, that they they would pretend like they were going to slide and then they would not slide and continue forward and there were some defenders that felt like quarterbacks were Using the rule to their advantage. Do you think any of that goes on? Because I can, I can, I can recall that being a bit of an issue for
0: some defenders years ago. Yeah, I mean, I know defenders have had issues with in the past. I mean, heck, even this year against the Baltimore Ravens when Kiko Alonso oh, took yeah. off Joe Flacco's head. You know, the, my, my justification for why Kiko Alonso didn't, you know, get a suspension and wasn't punished in a harsher manner is because of how slow Joe Flacco slid <laughs> and then how he slid. Like, in replay, you can make it look egregious. But actually, when you watch it in real time, you're like, eh, that's actually not that bad. But, yeah, so to your point, I don't know that Joe Flacco consciously did it. Like, he wanted to get his bell rung and his helmet knocked off and to be concussed for the rest of the game. I just think it's how it kind of worked out. And after the fact, I think most teams or players – you know, try to look for the benefit of the doubt. Okay, what's,
3: I, if I'm going to grant you the ability to change something in the NFL that people have got a lot of issues with. Because also in that same game, the Steelers and the Patriots, Jesse James, uh, a touchdown that was ruled on the field was called back because he didn't control the ball. As he went to the ground, the ball hit, moved in his hands. I thought it was the right, cool, right call based on the rule. But this is going to be... Like, and people are outraged. It seems like every week we have this conversation. I have no idea what a catch is, whether it's Zach Miller catching a ball in New Orleans and his leg almost falling off and then setting the ball down and it didn't count. Or Calvin Johnson years ago or Des Bryant in the playoff game. Like I think I kind of know what the rule is. But then you saw in the Panthers game, there was a, a catch made in the end zone. It was called no touchdown because he re. Gathered the ball, they said initially when he was out of bounds, but then they ruled that both uh, both butt cheeks went inside and landed in the end zone, and that that is that is true. I'm not just saying that to, this to Dominic Bird's to, catch, yeah. yeah both like,
0: both buttocks were clearly in in the end zone when he gained possession I, of the football. There there is too much detail
3: into every and and I know they want to get it right, but it's why like I kind of support what Bill Belichick said. A couple of years ago, at, at one of the owners' meetings or one of those meetings they had together in in the off season, where Belichick said, "If we're going to challenge certain things, and you can only be able to challenge this and only be able to challenge that, and that's not reviewable, why don't we just make it to where you can review everything or nothing at all?" And I'm totally on board with that because, like, like why can't you review whether or not, um, you know, uh, if somebody gets called for a penalty, why can't you review whether or not that was an actual penalty? Like, like yeah. why don't we just make everything reviewable? And stop with
0: so many details. It just confuses everybody. I'm with you on that, and I think there's there's a lot of of validity to what he's saying. The problem is we would have a 15-hour game. Like, we'd be still talking about the 1 o'clock games right now. Uh, Now we could put a limit on that. Um, But I think once you start talking about how it affects the game, the pace of the game, which is one of the biggest concerns for networks, biggest concerns of the league, that's where I think they, they kind of look at how the game's played. They look at the review process, and they're looking for ways of expediting the review process. That's why they've gone to a centralized system in order to help potentially make some of those calls the correct call. Regardless of how people feel about Jesse James' you know, incompletion or, or catch, depending on if you're a Steelers fan or not, at the end of the day, based on how the rule's written, it's not a catch. I mean, it's it's. I feel like it's actually pretty definitive now where in the past – you kind of said, ah, "I don't know. How, I don't know how this is going to go." Like I'm actually surprised that it took Romo and and Nance that long to come around to what exactly they were looking at. Like right when that play happened, I I looked at my wife and I said. That's gonna be that's gonna be overturned, but that's most likely gonna be an incompletion, and and somehow New England's found a way once again to put themselves in a position to not only win the game but also cover, which uh, we we didn't oh. talk about earlier. But how amazing <sighs> is that? Oh, be still my heart. Was that a gambling reference, Brady Quinn? Oh my uh, gosh! Just saying, it was a little bit crazy how ah. that all worked out, and and I I guess the powers that be could have. Could make the case if you're a true conspiracy theorist that, you know, I don't know, maybe Um, that catch or non-catch would have impacted that that spread?
3: Uh, Is Bill Belichick, and I'm just going to ask you this because it's going to set me up for a recommendation for Bill Belichick, is he the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL? I I think so. Okay. Um, If he's ever going for two points again, uh, just do that exact same play he ran to Gronkowski at the end of that game because that might have been the biggest mismatch I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I, honest to God, it was like Andre the Giant uh, dunking on Vern Troyer. There, there was no shot that that Steeler defender had to make a play, none whatsoever. It usually we have Andre
0: the Giant way in at times. We do on our show. Yeah, we
3: do. Although he, uh, I think he's recovering from uh, shoulder surgery uh, and yeah, over in, in Europe, Europe. Yeah, he's still
0: over there in yeah, Germany or wherever they go. For yeah, that. he is
3: Andre the Giant, yeah. who sounds just like the quarterback for the Indianapolis.
0: Loves clothes. oranges. Yes. <laughs> He sure does. Uh, he absolutely no, but does. It, I, that that should be their two point play every single time. <laughs> every and, time. And what, no, and then, then what they do is a team says, Okay, we're gonna put two guys out there on Gronk. Well, guess what? That's when the New England Patriots just run the football because they're gonna be a, a player short to stop the run, so it makes it even easier for them to run the football in. Like you literally can't win. Uh, that's why obviously having Gronk back was a huge gift for them today.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, there was something that happened in, in an NFL game that I promise you, you never you won't hear this talked about on any other show the entire rest of your week. Nobody will talk about it but this show. So if you want to be a part of history, don't go anywhere. We'll have it for you next. But for all the latest, we've got Steve DeSager.
5: And a uh, Belichick greatest coach ever reference. I must therefore say... Vince Lombardi did coach in this league, people. So it's not black and white. He might be. Yeah. Belichick, five titles in 20 years. Vince Lombardi, five titles in 10 years. Just yeah, for the record. Yeah, yeah. Were they was... wearing face masks back then, though, Steve? I this mean, is whoa. 1960s. This is not ancient history.
3: And there was there was a major. <laughs> yeah,
5: half a century ago.
3: Yeah, and there was a major PED issue back then. So I, I'm not willing to give
0: up. A whole a hopped up on greenies yeah, and all on, sorts of things. Come on,
5: Belichick's 740 winning percentage with the Pats, 750 winning percentage with the Packers with Lombardi. It's just not cut and dry. You you
0: can't tell me there's not better competition in today's league. No, with
5: expansion, you could make the case there's worse because the talent is not as concentrated. No, no uh, the players are so much better. I, I guess the kn- players are better. Yeah. We're That's not, not what we're talking about. I, if I, there's double the number of teams, that there's not as many good players per team. Potential. I guess. I, 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 get, I guess you we, make the case though, Desegar. That's harder to win a Super Bowl with more teams and more competition. Yeah, wh- uh, why, fewer rounds equals equals. You're right.
3: Yeah. Wh- yeah. By the way, why is Steve Desegar the Earl Thomas of this show? Like trying to throw us under the bus like this? This is this is ridiculous. Because
5: I'm busy watching this whatever Raiders Cowboys game <laughs> is being called. <laughs> Holy cow, do you know (laughs) that the Raiders, when they were down 10-0 early second quarter, it was 11 first downs to none, Dallas, at the time, and 153 yards to seven. In fact, on the first six plays for Oakland, seven yards and three penalties And now five minutes to go in the first half, still 10-0 Dallas. And by the way, for those who haven't heard the pool reporter that got to the referee in Pittsburgh, the play you were talking about where the Steelers thought they had the go-ahead touchdown late, they eventually lost to New England. Tony Corrente said, in order to have a completed pass, a receiver must survive going to the ground, as you said, and in this case... The Pittsburgh receiver had control of the football, but he was going to the ground. And as he hit the ground, the ball began to roll and rotate. And the ball hit the ground, and that's the end of it at that point, end quote. I think
3: that's actually one of the easier
0: calls that they've had as far as a catch-non-catch call. Like, I well, and it's
5: because they had a good angle yeah. of
0: it, right? I mean, they, it was definitive. You can clearly see the ball adjust in his hand and hit the ground.
5: So the final score was 27-24, New England winning at Pittsburgh. So the Pats clinched the AFC East for a ninth straight year and 14 at the last 15. The TD pass that the Steelers thought they had was on first and goal after review reversed. Ben Roethlisberger then, a couple plays later, threw an interception in the end zone in the final seconds on third and goal. So a three-point Patriots win, and Antonio Brown of Pittsburgh Left early with a partially torn calf muscle. Reports say he could come back for the playoffs next month. Rams are 42-7 winners at Seattle. They've all but clinched the division. They lead it by two games over Seattle with two games left. San Francisco's Jimmy Garoppolo has won three straight. He had 381 yards passing and a touchdown at home today, beating Tennessee 25-23 because of Robbie Gold, who went 6-for-6 six six on field goals, including a 45-yarder on the final play. Minnesota won to clinch the NFC North. Jacksonville won to clinch a playoff spot Carolina beat Green Bay Aaron Rodgers three touchdowns three interceptions and Carolina owner Jerry Richardson will put his team up for sale after this season in the NBA Cleveland won at Washington LeBron James a triple double for a third straight game and he had 15 assists tonight back to you
3: Thanks, Steve. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, so Brady, you you mentioned how part of the reason that they don't want to be able to review everything in the NFL is because they don't want a 10-hour game. Now, I need to get your expert inside information on this, okay, because there is no other show – on the radio that is going to talk about this. Okay. That is how important this is. How what's the difference between a halftime calling a college game and a halftime calling an NFL game?
0: Yeah. Well there there's a couple things. The first thing you're going to notice though is how much faster the halftime is at the NFL game. Right. Like I, I believe they cut off five minutes and buddy, they roll that clock right away. Yeah. Like there is no break whatsoever between when halftime starts and when they actually start the clock in the stadium to start halftime, like in college. It's it's not as strict. In the NFL, it is efficient. It is a very, very fast, uh fast paced halftime, if you will. Okay. Now the reason
3: I ask that is because I noticed something when I was watching the Steelers Patriots game yeah. from uh from earlier today. As they were coming back from the half. Jim Nance was sort of giving a quick recap and telling everybody we'll be back. And see if you noticed what I noticed the first time I heard this. This is courtesy of CBS.
0: So the Steelers lead it at halftime as Roethlisberger's thrown two touchdowns. This one, the touch pass to Bryant. The second half is coming up. You're
3: watching the NFL on CBS. That guy just, just finished eating. (laughs) <laughs> he just finished eating. I swear to God. You listen to that again, and you even talked about this last week when you were in in Cincinnati. You you, yeah. you didn't have time to eat, right?
0: No, no. Like, there was too long of a line. Obviously, the, the biggest thing is the bathroom. If you don't have a bathroom in the booth, it can be tough, sled man, because now you're waiting in line with everyone else, and especially depending on what the bathroom situation looks like. If it's a trough, maybe mm. it's not. Maybe they're one hitters. Mm. You, you don't necessarily know, <laughs> one, so don't take that hitters. the one. Don't take that the wrong way. What
3: do you mean one hitters? I mean that like mean? you
0: go in, and there's only one stall in the bathroom. Like I say, like a one hitter. Like all of a sudden, you got a group of people waiting. They got four different stalls, but there's only one bathroom well, in each. First of it's all, not like it, you're going in there with multiple people.
3: Well, first of all, uh, where I come from, every bathroom has two stalls, okay? Even when there's only one, you always got the sink, you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> Look, like emergencies, Could you gotta... imagine though, like someone walks in, someone's in the stall, and I'm, I'm sitting there just it, it, doing my business in the sink, <laughs> like... and someone from like the, the Cincinnati Enquirer is like, Oh, by the way. There was a lot of action at halftime this game. Even it wasn't that
3: great of a game. <laughs> oh my God! Did you did you hear about Brady Quinn? No, what happened? Oh my God! He was uh, he was doing the wrong thing in the urinal. Yeah, I, I I hear you. But if you listen to it again, I'm telling you, he just finished eating and was rushed back to give that little that little preview of the second half. Just listen closely. It's very okay. it's very obvious, especially towards the end.
0: So the Steelers lead it at halftime. As Roethlisberger's thrown two touchdowns. This
3: one,
1: the touch pass to Bryant. The second half is coming up. You're watching the NFL on CBS.
3: That guy just had a Primanti Brothers sandwich. I'll, I'll put money on it. I will put money on it. He had a Primanti Brothers sandwich.
0: Uh, there's a good chance he had some sort of food. I don't know if Primanti Brothers, uh, if, if they're a part of the the halftime uh, catering there
3: in you, Pittsburgh. It'd be nice. You ever had a Primanti Brothers? Dude, are you kidding me? Very yeah. Young. Very, very oh. bizarre.
0: Dude, I, I live in South Florida. You know this. So after, um, you know, I, look after Miami beat Notre Dame, which obviously I caught a lot of flack for the beatdown that Notre Dame took in yeah. that game. You, you, there are so many people down here peacocking. You know who that is? You know, just just peacocking around, acting like yeah. Miami was all of a sudden the best team in the world, and they just they just became a fan probably two days before that. Um, so as soon as they lost a pit. I would have to do a lot of local radio down here, so I would just ride all those local radio bandwagon fans for the Miami Hurricanes about eating Permane Brothers, just because it's 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 a pit local thing. But we've got a couple <laughs> we've got a couple down in, in South Florida.
3: Yeah. By the way, if you don't know what a Permane Brothers sandwich is, it's if you've never been to pit. By the way, Pittsburgh's a, a, a sneaky fun city. That's that's oh, a good yeah. time, especially when you go out with Joey Porter. Um, if you, uh, if you, if you never had a Permani brothers sandwich, it's got like French fries and coleslaw and, uh, like some, uh, bunch of meat. yeah, I like mean, all egg, sorts of bacon,
0: yeah. tomato, yeah. Lettuce, I mean, everything. And it's
3: like a, it's a Pittsburgh thing. That's, that's kind of what Pittsburgh does. So that's why yeah. we, uh, we mentioned so that. That is my theory. I think Jim Nance had just downed at least uh, a quarter of a Permani brothers sandwich as he was coming back on and trying to, uh, trying to swallow that food before he gave the promo. That's my thought.
0: I actually think you you may be dead on this yeah, one. I think so. This is you're, you might be one for three tonight. Right? With this, yeah. But but this one you you might be dead on. And if, if you will listen, like if we could just play it back one more time, okay. Just listen when you had hear, hear that kind of click where he's like, oh yeah. Like you could tell like he was almost swallowing some of the remnants of, of the Permane brothers sandwich at one point. Let's get it one more time. So the Steelers lead it at halftime as Roethlisberger's thrown two touchdowns. This
3: one, the touch pass to Bryant. The second half is coming up. You're watching the NFL on CBS.
0: It's just it's very <laughs> oh, subtle. I don't know if it's just, it's just in the beginning there's like a little pause, little little, little like, click, almost like he's got a little bread stuck in the side of his cheek. Maybe somewhere behind, what is that, your molar or some wisdom teeth, if he still has those. Yeah,
3: that. and you know what? That is how you recap an NFL game. All right? You're (laughs) welcome. Take notes every other
0: show. That's how you recap
3: an NFL game. The best game of the weekend, and we talked about a guy eating during halftime. That's how it's done. Broadcast Professionals.
0: Does Antonio Brown? Does he deserve to be in the conversation for MVP? Like well, you talk like one one of the dumbest. Can we talk about that when we come back? That that
3: yeah, whole sure. argument pissed me off because that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Okay, really? Yeah, I think you
0: can make a case. We'll talk for about it when fu- we come back. <laughs>
3: okay, uh, he's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, you won't believe what Brady and I are going to talk about. I think it's really dumb, and it's an NFL <laughs> story. Next on FSR. <laughs> Oh, gosh.
0: The best. Oh, man. Oh.
3: You know what? I was going to wait, but screw it. I'm drinking right now. Doing it on the air. I don't care who is listening. That's it. I'm doing it. I am doing it. All right. Jack Daniels straight. (laughs) Oh, so good.
0: Why, Why does this depress you?
3: No, I love. No, I like this song. I, oh, I'm okay. not one this of those. Like. I can't drink when I'm depressed. I drink when I'm happy. All right. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I'm not one of those. Like, uh, let's let's. You know, it doesn't do anything. You wake up and you feel worse about things. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is uh, Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn. Uh, <laughs> pleased to welcome in Mariah Carey here on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, such a this is a great song, man. Hey, she's got a great Christmas album. Yeah. Yeah.
0: By the way, did you see her on New Year's last year? Yeah, that didn't go so well. Wow, that was bad. That was not good. Oh,
3: my God.
0: That was one of those scenarios where, like, you've probably – she's done so much in her career. When, like, something happens on on a big stage in a moment where, like, it's not being done the way she would like it, I I, I could see why she'd be upset. You know, and she'd be like, screw this. This is a big moment. But, like, they're not on the same page. She didn't have music or something. I I could only imagine, like, how hard that is to – Choreograph and coordinate, but yeah, I don't know. It was not
3: good. It's not a good deal. Sounded like a uh, a wombat stepped in a bear trap, and somebody <laughs> handed him the mic.
0: You know what the good thing is, though? Everyone's drunk, so no one really remembers. Yeah, it. No, like well, it was
3: a story like the next day. I, I do because I was doing a show. That was my New Year's. Um, all oh, right, so you were so drunk too. Okay, yeah, come on, man. Try and be a professional here. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Um, we do have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So let, let's get back to this. Uh, by the way, Sunday night football, whatever the hell the score is on this game, um, I mean, who, who who really gives a rip at this point? The game stinks. Uh, is anybody even watching it? We've got Raiders, Cowboys, the Raiders hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it is 10-0 Dallas. Approaching halftime at the dot dump, and uh, the Raiders' offense is sputtering. Uh does not look good. Uh, Donald Penn with an injury. Uh, you found that interesting, the injury to Donald Penn, because, well, he already got paid.
0: Yeah, yeah. he already got paid now, so yeah. not, not as interesting as it would have been, but he did miss some time because he wanted more guaranteed money. He was able to get just that, so I, I think it's interesting because imagine had he not gotten the additional money from the Oakland Raiders, he'd be playing in a contract year, with not much guaranteed money, and we don't know how bad the injury is, but he's getting up there in age, so it could be potentially you know impactful as far as what he could make for the rest of his career. Uh,
3: my favorite uh, Donald Penn highlight from the year was trying to fight that fan in the parking lot after the game. That's what was my favorite Donald Penn highlight. Look,
0: I talked about that environment in the Seattle Seahawks locker room. Yeah. I also talked about that environment <laughs> in the Oakland Raiders parking lot. All right, <laughs> That is one of the fiercest places you've ever been. It's just a... Uh, It's it's a classic case of Darwinism. like It's survival of the fittest out there. And and you have to do whatever you can to assimilate. So I can only imagine if you found yourself in Oakland having to be a part of the black hole.
3: Uh, By the way, the uh, Oakland Raiders thought they just scored a touchdown pass to Jared Cook from uh, Derek Carr uh, being called back on a pass interference call on Jared Cook in the end zone. Yeah, you know, like like this is a perfect example. We were talking about you be able to review anything. Like, what if they were able to just review like penalties? You know, like, hey, was that really a penalty? I know it's going to take a long time, but you know, this could change. Uh, and that was a push
0: off, so that was yeah, one hundred percent was. Here is the uh, problem so is is that. it, it you are making it subjective, right? Like, it, if you make every single penalty down up to review, you make it then subjective d- depending on who's who's looking at it, right? And the other thing is, is, I feel like it's kind of a, it's a bad look for officials, because you could go back and probably review any play and find a penalty on any given play. I mean, it's impossible to catch it all, is it not?
3: Yeah, no, and 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 again, the, the length of it and how much time these games would take would be would be insane. I mean, these late games would still be going on right now. I mean, we're talking two hours after the fact. So so I get it. Um, and the Raiders with ten seconds left in the half. Uh, Derek Carr with the ball at the 21-yard line, looking to get on the board, trailing 10-0 to the Dallas Cowboys. Carr uh, throws the ball out of bounds, so they'll attempt a field goal coming up here to try and get on the board before halftime. Okay, this Antonio Brown, Brady, uh, to to be the MVP discussion, Who's who started this? Like, where did, where did this start? Was this somebody in Pittsburgh who said, let's stir this up and see if we can get it to go nationally? And why are people actually taking the bait on this?
0: Okay, here's, here's the first thing I'll say to you. One, I believe it started with odds. Like, people looked at stats. They looked at who's performed at a really high level and maybe who would be deserving of that, being considered the most valuable player. Antonio Brown's been pretty phenomenal this season. You know, he, he there's a chance, not obviously after today's game and getting injured, he's not going to be able to reach it, but there was a chance before the game, depending on his production, he could have potentially got the 2,000 yards uh, receiving. But... You can't tell me he hasn't been the best player on that team and best wide receiver in the league this year and maybe one of the most important to that team's success given what he's been able to do. And by the way, you're going to sit there and say, well, what about Bell? What about Big Ben? They haven't had as good of a season as Antonio Brown has.
3: Okay, but but you can't. Here's By the way, the uh, Raiders missed the field goal at the end of the half. I actually thought it was good. It went over the upright. It looked like it was good, but they called it a miss, and so uh, Dallas will take a 10 nothing lead uh, into the half. So a uh, live bet Jesus is licking his chops. I mean, if I knew, if I knew him, if I knew him, he would be. Um, yeah, well. well, here's the thing about Antonio Brown. He doesn't do any of that without the assistance of somebody else, the direct assistance of somebody else. And that's why I don't see how you can give Antonio Brown the MVP award without giving it to – because if he takes
0: a six-yard hitch route for ninety yards for a touchdown, okay, is that Ben or is that Antonio Brown?
3: No, I, I get that, but but if that's the case, and we can go back and say, you know, Kurt Warner didn't deserve the MVP because of all the
0: hitch routes that Torrey well, holds. This and those is just one example, but Ben hasn't had a good year. Antonio Brown's had a phenomenal year so far. Ben's been working inconsistent up and down. I get what you're saying, but still, Brown's done a heck of a job. He should be in the conversation, or should have been at that point. All right. So uh, he is
3: Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, an NFL team did something on Sunday that I think they're going to regret next. So there is something that an NFL team decided to do this week that may come back to haunt them. It may. All right, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but we'll explain what that is coming up in just a couple of minutes. He's Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. We do it all live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Um, All right, so we have got halftime. On the Sunday night game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys with a 10 nothing lead over the Oakland Raiders. Um, uh, reports are that live bet Jesus is somewhere. Um, he is somewhere around the studios. Again, I don't know if you are not familiar with Live Bet Jesus. He is a a character that neither Brady or I have met. for some reason people confuse us with him and think that we have control over it, but he makes live bets on the Sunday night game each week. It's strange. And he usually it makes an appearance in about nine ten minutes from now. So that it's, is it crazy. is odd. Yeah,
0: it is odd. It's, it's and, and, very and he usually he's usually right. Usually,
3: eh, kind of a kind usually. of a rough
0: month, you know. Kind
3: yeah. of a yeah, kind of a kind of a lean month, if you will. Um, you know, okay. and again, not not that I have any you know interest or or any you know dog in the fight, so to speak. I mean, I it's not yeah. my money. It's just you know, it's an official. There's been character. some controversy surrounding it, right? Uh, so. Um yeah a little bit uh, a little bit of an issue but uh, but we will wait to hear from live bet jesus to see who he likes in this Sunday night game of the week. Um okay so I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers uh the decision to come back and play I get it. Um I understand why he came back and played but there were times in the loss to the Carolina Panthers where Rodgers looked like looked like himself um and then there were other times where you said wow that's not a not exactly what, what we expected of Aaron Rodgers. Not an Aaron Rodgers stat line with three interceptions, albeit against a tough defense. The Packers are probably not making the playoffs. It's a long shot to do so. Uh, the Vikings have clinched that division. They would need a lot of things to go their way. Is, would you, If you were, were Rodgers or if you were the
0: Packers, you play in these final couple of games? I think you have to, at least next week. Uh, one you're playing on primetime I believe they play Minnesota um, on, on Sunday Night football so I think you do for primetime and the fact that you're you're still in it technically technically what they're they're sitting in the 10, ten seed right now I think if you look at uh, yeah, how it breaks down
3: it's no man's land but it's,
0: I'm with you and and my, I think my <laughs> the logical thought is there's no reason to play him for these last two weeks you pro, you play Brett Hundley, you get him more experience maybe he plays well and maybe all of a sudden that leads to either them trading him and getting value in exchange for him maybe it paying off if, if something happens again in the future to Aaron Rodgers where he gets hurt and now you got Brett huntley with more experience um, but but you know this is I don't want to say a lost cause but all you're doing right now is is hurting your draft position and you know Green Bay is sitting in a position where they're not gonna have a you know really high draft pick as it is but you never know you know moving a couple spots. It could be the difference in you being able to take a certain guy that you know maybe is the difference in you being able to to get over the hump and maybe win the division next year. Uh, you you never know how things plan, uh, plan out or, or pan out in the draft. So I mean, I think logically you'd sit there and say there's no reason for him, especially if he's not 100 percent healthy. You know why put him in that position? But you're also paying him a lot of money, and there's a, there's a reason why I think you want to try to give him every every opportunity you have until you're absolutely eliminated from the playoffs, which they aren't at this point, but maybe after next week they will be.
3: Uh, Well, here was Aaron Rodgers uh, talking about how he felt following the loss.
4: Uh, I'm a little sore, but
0: uh, haven't taken a hit in eight weeks, so that's expected.
3: Okay, you've been in that position, haven't taken a hit in a long time, you get in a game, what does your body feel like? What's he going to feel like coming up tomorrow?
0: Uh, He'll be, be sore, man, and... You know, that's the thing. It's 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 hard to it's hard to describe to people. I mean, for those who have been like in a car accident, right? I think there's that initial like, holy crap, where you know you experience uh, the hit, you experience the crash, and you kind of go through that drama, right? But then the next day you wake up, and you're like, man, like my neck is sore, my back's sore, or whatever it is, maybe that you know, I got hit, and and you kind of reflect back on, oh yeah, I just got in a car accident that is essentially how he's going to feel tomorrow it's going to feel almost like he kind of got into that like violent car accident uh, throughout the course of an nfl game and it's just like as you get older in your career i think you know certain guys re- reflect on um especially if they're in the position to continue to keep playing they reflect on it and they look and say you know when's enough uh, enough enough especially offensive linemen guys who are battling the trenches but for quarterbacks, too. and We've heard a lot of guys talk about that. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger talked about it. Carson Palmer's talked about it over the course of the offseason, saying you know, they kind of have to evaluate it on a year to year basis to see how their body's feeling, how they respond. That's because after some of those tough games, man, you know, they're getting up the next day saying, I'm tired of feeling like this. You know, <laughs> life's life's too short to feel like I got in a car accident every Sunday. Uh, when did you feel old in your career?
3: When when when, I, when when was a game where you said, like, on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're
0: like, yeah, I'm still sore. The game was three days ago. I, I don't even know that it, it took a game to feel like that. Like, I just remember, and this is young, like, turning 28, that was the first time in camp where I was like, man, my arms not coming back the way I feel like it used to, or my legs aren't coming back. Um, and, and, you know, you do all the tricks, you know, you go to the cold tubs, you know, you get massage, you do, you know, stem, you try to do extra stretching, different, you know, things you're doing, working out or trying to tone back some stuff. Um, but I just, I wasn't recovering the way I, I would have liked to. And like, when I was 28, that was the first time I, I really noticed it. And was like, man, uh, it's just different. Like I had prepared myself physically for, you know, for that season, Um, but it was like in training camp, I was, I was just the first kind of inclination of it. And then I, then I think as you go throughout the season, um, you would kind of just notice your body to get, you know, getting worn down, like you needing more rest, you needing different things, you know, not so much, uh, you know, training from an explosive standpoint, but more stretching, more recovery, more massage therapy, like those sorts of things, uh, that maybe you didn't do as much when you were younger, you know, so I, all those things kind of change i think a little bit when you get older.
3: Well, and here's the other part of that too because some people may hear that and they go, "Oh, 28. I mean, you were only in the NFL what 5, 6 years at that point. But how many years at that point had you been playing high-level football or tackle football? I mean, w- what 20 years?" Yeah, I mean, Probably, you
0: know, I've been played since I was 7 years old. Yeah. So so um, we're,
3: we're talking two decades worth of a beating and you also played a lot in college. Like Tom Brady, like one of the things that doesn't get talked about like he was splitting time in college at Michigan. Like, they, like there was a lot of times where he was maybe splitting reps at Michigan. How? I mean, you played.
0: Were you a three year starter at Notre Dame? A four year. Jesus, like that's a that's a lot of football, man. Like, yeah, and I, I, I think, and I think those things add up. And I think you know, again, you have to be in a position where you're able to continue to obviously play and play at a high level uh, to be able to implement different things to kind of help you adjust, adapt, and change. You know. that's the hardest thing about moving around from team to team is like the strength staff and the training staff people you work with they have no data on you besides like whatever was in your medical report from some other team which sometimes they don't put a lot of weight into that so even how like that new team would then handle you as far as how you they would train you as far as strength and conditioning and then how they would you treat an injury or past injuries you know it'd be different it would would literally be different if, if you had moved to different teams so uh, you know that you have to take into all the, those sorts of things into account uh, when when you have to move around as a player now for aaron it 's been a little different because he 's been in one spot he 's been through similar injuries like this um, so I think they know what the protocol is uh, but the biggest question is what 's the risk you know can he can he face greater risk playing right now, even though I think admittedly they said that he wasn 't a hundred percent. Uh, it, what's the risk of him long term or potential for next season? You know, playing for these these next two weeks, if there's not not necessarily anything on the line, considering the, the chances of the playoffs are so slim.
3: I mean, I hear you, man. That's why I had to get out of the uh, busboy business. I mean, all the the wear and tear, having to drag around that squirt bottle for four or five years at TGI Fridays, all the button and the flare on on the uh, the uniforms, and you know, walking around with a bus tub and it's you know heavy, and then you. You end up with plantar fasciitis, and I, I hear you, man. I know exactly what you guys go through. I get it. I get it, man. So I mean, listen, but that's just that's the pounding we take, and that's why you and I had to retire away from such the rigors of being a busboy and a professional quarterback to do uh, radio on Sunday nights. I mean, correct. Sometimes you got to make these sacrifices.
0: Was that a Chuck E. Cheese?
3: Um, I worked at a lot of restaurants. I'll be honest, okay. with you. A little short yeah. on cash. By the way, my brother fired me when I worked at a restaurant. He was the manager, and he fired me. How's that? Th- that was actually probably for the betterment of the restaurant. It was. It yeah. was. <laughs> Little does he know <laughs> how, how much booze I walked out with that day. Um, but but we'll uh, we'll skip all that altogether. Oh, my God. Oh, he's here. Oh, my God. He's here. He's here. Oh, the lights have gone out in the studio. The lights have completely, everything is pitch black in the studio. No offense, Bobo. And everything is uh, is completely out in the studio. Uh, there's a, a candle across the street that that is that has come on. I believe that is a, a vision has appeared from the sky. Uh, he is floating towards the glass now, outside the studio uh, through the air conditioning vents. Uh, this uh, this scripture is filthy because of the fires and the ash and smoke that have. Filled the studio in recent weeks, it is floating down onto the desk here at Fox Sports Radio. I'm not making this up. This is not. I'm not trying to oversell a radio bit here. We do not play shenanigans like that. Live bet Jesus has arrived. I can't see a damn thing. Get your hands off me! Oh, that's me. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, here we go. I have the scripture in my hand. If you think I'm making this up, what the hell is this? So you think this is a pigeon? Here it is. Let me let me open it up here. Live bet Jesus has a betting line he would like to make on this game. I will read this. <clears throat> it is here on the 17th of December 2017 that I Live bet Jesus in watching the Dallas Cowboys with a 10 nothing lead over the Oakland Raiders have selected The Raiders plus nine and a half. That is the pick. Raiders plus nine and a half. That according to Live Bet Jesus. So there it is. And uh, now the uh, scripture has vanished. I can't even find it anymore. The lights have come back on, and he has disappeared. And my pants are off. Why are my pants (laughs) off? What the hell just happened?
0: Crazy things happen here in the dark. But
3: uh, how about that, Brady?
0: I'm I'm less concerned about your pants and, and more concerned about the bet. Um, just the way this game has gone, you know. I I hate to ever question, you know, the the omnipotent, yeah, the, you hate the all-knowing that. being of LBJ. Yeah, but you hate doing that. Well, he's he's had a rough streak lately, and this is another one where I'm looking at this game. Dallas has dominated so far, yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Listen, that that's why I'm not the one making these
3: picks. It's Live Bet Jesus. I don't even know who the guy is. I mean, it could be uh, some hippie kicking a hacky sack around outside the studio. I have no idea, but he calls himself Live Bet Jesus. Something shows up on the desk every Sunday night. We call out the picks. A lot of times he's right. There have been a couple of times in recent weeks he's been wrong. And uh, it, he's a sensation. He's a savage. The guy's a, a national treasure. I think he even tweeted at you, or he whispered to me, and I tweeted to you, Bears plus 10.5 uh,
0: on the yes, uh, Saturday. he game. did. He did. Yeah. He actually he, he won one. Yeah, he um, did. He did. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a good yeah. sign.
3: Uh, one for his last five, I believe. So, but, uh,
5: not all of us uh, are professional. You know what the
0: best part was is just you vamping, like you literally trying to draw it out because there was a there was a third <laughs> and four, and I was sitting there watching myself right. thinking. He's he's 100% oh. waiting to read this decision because <laughs> of right. the past issues we've had yeah. with this. Uh,
3: by the way, if you're just wondering what we're doing here, uh, this is Live Bet Jesus. The reason uh, there may have been a stall job by Live Bet Jesus, I don't control it, is because the last couple of times he's made a pick, he's made a, a bet on something, and there's either been a turnover <laughs> or a big negative play that has impacted the line moving forward, so... There it is. Raiders plus nine and a half. That is the pick from Live Bet Jesus. He's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, um, a Hall of Fame quarterback may have thrown multiple members of his coaching staff under the bus earlier. Wait till you hear this next here on FSR. Brady Quinn, <clears throat> Jonas Knox here Fox Sports Radio. We do have a potential throwing under the bus situation in the NFL involving a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback. You will hear those comments coming up here in just a minute on Fox Sports Radio. I do want to get this is good. This is a good thing. Right, this is a very good thing, and you can be a part of it. All right, because love has an army, you can join the fight, help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate, or call one eight three three SAL. Join the uh, Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys third quarter, uh, seven minutes to go. It was just a short time ago that Live Bet Jesus made his selection of Raiders plus nine and a half. And I knew that there was something in the air. I knew that it felt different when I was handed the scripture by whoever the hell handed it to me. Because since then, the Raiders have scored 13 unanswered points. It is now 13-10 Oakland following a pick six as ruled on the field by the Oakland Raiders. Uh, what a turnaround here at the dot dump. Uh, with the Raiders and the Cowboys.
0: It's almost as if they're they're playing with a twelfth man out there in the field. Yeah. Or if there's something behind you know this this recent these recent events. I mean yeah. the way they've played ever since LBJ, our guy Live Bed Jesus, proclaimed that the Raiders what was it? Plus nine and a half? Yeah, plus nine and a half. Oh, incredible. I mean Derek Carr's long run and then Marshawn Lynch had a nice run down there. And then Michael Crabtree with a catch, now the interception by Sean Smith. It's all these things have taken place immediately following live Bed Jesus. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy the power this show actually uh, has. You know, sometimes
3: you just think, oh, we're doing a you know an NFL recap show, like you know, were just having a good time here. But it's it's amazing because I really do think that that factored into to what has happened in this game. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. it. This isn't something that's getting lost in some dark black hole. Yeah. Okay. This is this is legit.
3: Uh, by the way um I so the the there was apparently a they're trying to review whether or not Cole Beasley touched the Raider defender before he got up to run the ball into the end zone so that is the review on the field so we're waiting to see what the t- turnabout is of that uh did I, did I ever tell you and this is sort of embarrassing to admit on the air but I'm gonna do it anyways because I don't give a rip okay. I was watching a Saints game and I saw Willie Sneed make a grab and I and I'm not exaggerating here I said to myself, I had no idea that the Saints traded for Cole Beasley. Okay. Never mind the fact that Willie Sneed isn't white. Okay? Like, but he's got this long blonde hair and it looks like Cole Beasley. Like I swear to God, like I I totally botched it, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I thought Willie Sneed (laughs) was Cole Beasley. Uh, I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like, look at look at look at Willie Sneed and I'm telling you. How many beers deep were you? Uh, How many drinks do you Well, eat? listen, that could have factored it into it as well, too. I mean, it is the holiday when, season. When, when
0: you're seeing three of one object, it, yeah, it gets a little difficult. There's a fuzziness wish, that comes into play. Come on,
3: I wish it worked that way. I'm telling you, look at a uh, let's look at a picture of Willie Sneed with, with the blonde hair coming out of his helmet. And tell me that doesn't sort of look like Cole Beasley. Now, I get it that one's white and the other's black. But that, never mind all that. Okay, I'm telling you, if you look at Willie Sneed from behind, you, it looks like Cole Beasley.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Now, by the way, that interception return for a touchdown was reversed. Okay. So, look, Oakland's gonna be a great position to go yes. score a touchdown and, and try to make all of a sudden this, you know, a 10 ball game. But yeah. um, well, we'll
3: see. All right. Well. Uh, well, that is the situation there in Oakland. All right. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Uh, through an interception to end the game. uh, Steelers falling to the New England Patriots uh, at home. 27-24 was the final earlier. Uh, A very good game. A game that went back and forth down to the wire. Pittsburgh with an opportunity to win the game. And Roethlisberger tried a fake spike um, to get into the end zone, and the ball was batted around on third down, third and goal. And uh, it was intercepted by the Patriots, which in essence ended the game. Roethlisberger spoke afterwards with the media about uh, about the play. Here's what he had to say:
5: "Was the last play your call to go for it, the fake spike? I want a fake spike. It was. I was. I was young, clock it,'
4: because um, I felt like that was the, the thing to do: was clock it and get yourself one play. Um, and it came from the sideline. Don't clock it. Don't clock it. Well, at that time, I'm already got the guy. Everyone thinks it's clock, so you don't have time to try and get everyone lined up. So it's. Um, you know, I tried to." Eli saw that you know, he kind of ran a quick slant in there, and uh, at that time he just got to try and make a play and probably didn't make a good enough throw
3: hmm. so who was he throwing under the bus there? Was it Todd Haley or
0: was it Mike Tomlin? um I, here's the here's the bizarre part. He's saying clock it because you can run one more play. It was third down. If you would have clocked it, you're kicking a field goal.' Right. You're not running another play right. like that that would be the only option there unless for whatever reason at home, you'd want to try to go for it and, and have the game on the, on the line right there on fourth down. So that doesn't make any logical sense as far as his explanation from that perspective. Uh, the other thing is, so the operations of when he's saying clock it, how that works is basically this. As a quarterback in a two-minute drill at the end of games, you literally are yelling out to everyone and signaling, clock it, clock it, clock it. Those guys are just getting lined up in a legal formation As fast as they possibly can, the offensive line runs simply a gap protection, meaning they all kind of step down and create a wedge almost just to protect you long enough for you to receive the football from from under center and spike the football. Now, some systems, some systems, they will have their outside wide receivers run a quick out or an Omaha in case they catch that cornerback sleeping. Maybe he's sitting 10 yards off, not paying attention. They'll quickly throw it out there to him, get an additional five yards, get out of bounds, stop the clock. Um, So that's the oddity to all this is he's basically saying that he signaled clock it to everyone. And so everyone's under the assumption that that's the play they're running. And then all of a sudden Eli Rogers runs a slant. Like one, that's not part of the clock it call in any system I was ever a part of. Two, it looked like he signaled him something. Like he was saying clock it. And then he kind of looked out and he kind of, decided to change it. Because even Romo called it out and said, fake spike, fake spike. Well, yeah, because once he went over there, if you're clocking it, you're going, unless you're just waiting to kick the, the field goal, and you'd run the clock down to three seconds, and then you'd spike it so when you did kick the field goal, uh, you wouldn't have any time left. It would just be the field goal, then overtime, uh, assume that you made it. Uh, so you'd wait a little bit longer in that sense. But in this case, he, he had already signaled it, then he kind of went over, and you could tell he was trying to change something. Yeah. Th- that's why Roman was saying that, because uh, you knew he was trying to set something else up. So, and if you watch watch the other wide receivers, they don't do anything. So clearly he was he was trying to signal and change something. Like I don't think he's necessarily throwing anyone under the bus. I just think he's avoiding saying like, yeah, like that was on me. Uh, I-, I gave him a route. You know, this is what we wanted to do, and I wanted to try to make a play, which which I think is purely justifiable like it's it's okay if he wants to admit that and the play didn't work out the decision as far as the throw was was a poor one because one you know i know it's antonio brown's line in the game uh and nothing against eli rogers i think he's a good complimentary wide receiver but in the games on the line that's not the guy you're forcing the football into amongst three patriots defenders
3: uh jerry dulac who is a uh, he covers the Steelers for the pittsburgh post gazette sent out a tweet a short time ago that said um, ben said Todd Haley was calling for him to not clock the ball, but it was Mike Tomlin, not Haley, who wanted to run a play.
0: Okay, first off, it, w- it wouldn't matter in that sense. When you look over, the operations are you're getting the call in your headset. You're not getting two people calling into your headset. You only hear one voice. So he, at that point in time on the field, he wouldn't he wouldn't know what Mike Tomlin's thoughts are. He's only hearing Todd Haley. So. That's what doesn't make sense in all of this. And again, I I don't think he's necessarily throwing anyone under the bus in particular. I think he's just trying to kind of move on from explaining what exactly took place in kind of was a debacle. Right. I mean, they they at least had this game into overtime. Right. If not, depending on how you look at their first down play to Jesse James, the potential of, of winning it. Yes. So that's the oddity is is why he doesn't come out and say, yeah, I I made a bad play. Because regardless of what was called and what wasn't called, you know, he went forward with a different plan and tried to execute something else. Uh, Brady Quinn,
3: Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, it is a hotly contested battle between Brady Quinn and myself. Okay, This is going to be a battle all the way to the finish. All right, Now Brady's <laughs> going to lie to you. He is going to lie to you about the scoring here. He's going to try and pull a scam on you. We'll get to the bottom of it. That's coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest, including a big... Third quarter for the Oakland Raiders. It's Steve Desager.
5: Ten whole points for Oakland, yeah! including the field goal that has just tied it up. 10-10 with the Cowboys, about six minutes to go in the third quarter. By the way, Jason Lock and Ford just tweeted that Roethlisberger had two plays called to choose from on that last Steelers play. The decision to fake spike and throw was his, end quote. And you guys had talked about the Green Bay Packers now sitting 10th in the NFC. In fact, Green Bay will be eliminated if Atlanta wins tomorrow. Also officially out of the playoff chase now. Arizona, which lost at Washington. Cincinnati, which got killed in its game at Minnesota. The Vikings clinched their division. And the Jets are officially eliminated after a loss at New Orleans. The Saints are still tied for first in the NFC South with Carolina, which beat Green Bay today. But the New Orleans Saints did beat Carolina twice head-to-head this year. Buffalo got a win and the Bills currently own the final playoff spot in the AFC. That's based on strength of victory tiebreaker over Baltimore. The Ravens have played precious few good teams this year. In fact, they've only beaten one team that now has a winning record all year. Meanwhile, the Browns are 0-14. They lost at home 27-10 to Baltimore. The Browns play at Chicago and then at Pittsburgh to end the year. Pittsburgh 11-3, New England 11-3 but the Pats got the win today, 27-24 on a touchdown with about a minute left. The Patriots clinched their division for a ninth straight year. Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception in the end zone in the final seconds on third and goal. Antonio Brown left early with a partially torn calf muscle. The Rams won 42-7 at Seattle. San Francisco on a field goal final play, beat Tennessee 25-23. Jacksonville won to clinch a playoff spot, their first in a decade. And uh, also Carolina owner Jerry Richardson will put his team up for sale after this season he is being investigated for workplace misconduct back to you thanks
3: steve jonas knox brady quinn coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios where it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier so we will have over-unders coming up here in just a minute um so you heard steve desager mention that in the update that if so if atlanta wins steve tomorrow on monday night football the packers are eliminated it's over. So so it's the season's over for Green Bay. Then why the hell would you play Rodgers the final two weeks?
0: I mean, look, some people feel like out of the spirit of, you know, competitiveness, getting out there, playing, if you're healthy enough to go, go out there, give the fans what they want. Uh, I mentioned it, too. Like they play on primetime next week. You know, they don't think NBC would be pretty upset oh. if they didn't get Aaron Rodgers well, playing against the Minnesota Vikings. Well, we'll, we'll be upset because we're going to be on the air then. We want something to talk about, of course. No, no, they're just listen to us. <laughs> we, uh, we, we won't distract, Oh, yeah, you know you what? Know.
3: He should sit It'll down. Be better. Good yeah. point. That is a solid point. He should sit down. Me, you, and Santa Claus next Sunday. It,
0: now, it may be a little tougher for live bet Jesus, um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see.
3: Uh, by the way, a fake punt? Was that a fake punt in the uh, Raiders-Cowboys game? Of course it, it was. was. <laughs> just flipped a field position.
0: And, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you get the feeling that the, that the Cowboys could be yeah. uh, getting ready to score. Yeah.
3: Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Bobo, our brand-new tech producer, is a uh, diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, and, uh, in case you were wondering. That's why the mood has changed behind the scenes here over the last uh, like 20 minutes, um, because uh, Bobo's Dallas Cowboys have given, up, have given up 10 unanswered points. But now he's back,
0: because they had a positive play. So, welcome back,
4: Bobo. Thanks. I mean, I never left, but...
0: <laughs> hey, Bobo, uh, what do you think the chances are Dallas wins this game by 10 or more points?
3: By 10 or more? Nah, not yeah. by 10 or more. Right, you don't think is. so? No, not at all. all right. yeah, he's we'll one see. of those negative Cowboy fans. No, I'm there's not. A, I'm a
0: realist. There's a difference.
4: That's
3: like I'm a Lakers fan, and I know that we're not making <laughs> it to on, the so playoffs this year. Here's the
0: good thing, though. Bobo knows that you know that he doesn't think that Live Bed Jesus is in trouble is uh, basically what he's uh, saying. By the way, I don't
3: know that I've ever seen this in my life. Dallas just faked a punt. And on the very next play, did a flea flea flicker. Wow, I almost got dumped there. Oof, got to be careful. Flea (laughs) flicker. (laughs) Flea flicker. Do not say that if you've had any amount of bourbon uh, throughout the holidays on the air. Flea flicker on the very next play. You ever seen that before, Brady? Two trick plays
0: in a row? No, not not, not like that. Uh, That was kind of risky. And uh, I'm surprised that wasn't intercepted. Well, it was dropped by Terrence Williams, and that doesn't
3: surprise me. So, if anybody's seen Terrence Williams play, all right. So, that is the uh, that is the situation uh, in that game between the Cowboys and the Raiders. We'll keep you up to date on that, but for now, it is a hotly contested battle. It's time for this.
1: Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have been losing. You
3: know you're a lying, low life gambling degenerate.
1: It's over under.
3: And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer Ryan Dennis with the
2: latest edition of Over/Unders. Ryan, what's happening? What's going on, guys? It looks like we got quite an epic comeback brewing along here oh, from uh, a certain certain uh, one of the hosts oh, here. Oh boy! Okay, talk to me. We've got uh, Jonas. He's only eight games back, and yes. one of the bigger uh, one of the bigger uh, you know debates last week only was whether the total games. ints on Saturday would be over under three and a half. And Trubisky threw three, and Phillip Rivers threw three. And Jonas had the over on that one. All so. right. Wow. So he, what what Jonas the went the final four, numbers? Jonas went four and one yeah! last week. And, uh, Brady, unfortunately, you went uh, two and three. All right, so two I picked up three. a couple
0: of games. Yeah, it was a couple of All games. Right. I mean, it sound like it was
2: just one game,
0: right? All right. All right.
2: Well, good. Well, uh, let's see if we can uh, mark another, uh, keep the comeback going. So we'll start off here. It looks like oh, Kareem oh, Hunt. By the way, Ryan, yes. I, know
3: you, I know you're new to the show, so let me fill you in. Like this, that last week was the first week you've actually ever played this game, so I actually have a two-game lead over Brady. That, that is oh, the misnomer
0: okay. that Jonas keeps putting out there because well, it's a that eight game lead, that's happened over the cool. course of the season.
3: Look, you're only as good as your last week, so it's a new audience and for the I'll new give you audience that. listening... I'll give you
0: that. I'll give you that, Jonas. Yeah,
3: For the long-time listeners, they understand that you've bludgeoned me the entire season, but for the new audience, they think I'm I'm winning. <laughs> pick your battles. All
2: right, to start it started off. It looks like Kareem Hunt kind of got back into his groove this week. Um we're going to go with an over and a half of 99 or over under 99 and a half rushing yards for Kareem Hunt next week against the Dolphins and they are in Kansas City. Over.
3: Man. Yeah, against the Dolphins. Man, the Dolphins are bad. Um by the way, Kareem Hunt—that is another name you've got to be really careful saying on the air. Hey, <laughs> stay, stay. trying to help uh, you, young broadcasters out there—you don't want to get the FCC on your ass.
2: Um, all right, red leather, yellow
3: leather. Um, so what if I wear that? Oh, um, let's see—I'll take—I'll uh, take the over. I'll take uh, the over in that. You know what? Actually. Screw it. And give me the under. I'll support the Dolphins here. I'm, you know, Brady doesn't care about his local team. I'll support the Dolphins.
0: Give me the under. No, you're picking it to try to pick against me. Like, Just say that's your strategy. You don't have to say you're supporting the Dolphins. We both know that's not true. Maybe that's a big part of the reason, too. Okay.
2: All right, for this next time, we got Ezekiel Elliott will be back next week after serving a suspension, and his first game is against the Seahawks. Apparently, earlier this week, he told Eric Dickerson and Cabo that he would have 200 yards in his first game back. So they are in Dallas, and the over-under is 119.5 total rushing or total yards for Ezekiel against the Seahawks.
3: Oh, uh, I mean, total yards? I mean, receiving, rushing, and receiving? Correct. Everything, all-purpose yards? Uh, Yeah, I'll take the over.
0: Fresh legs. Um, Man, as bad as Seattle looked, I think that's the trap we all fall into in thinking that they're going to just come out next week and not play well. I'm taking the under. I think they know exactly who to try to stop in Zeke Elliott. And by the
3: way, you know my favorite part of that story with Eric Dickerson is is Ezekiel Elliott serving <laughs> a Cabo yeah, yeah serving a six game suspension, <laughs> really showing the NFL that he's not what everybody says he is, and he's guaranteeing rushing yards over drinks in Cabo with Eric Dickerson during his time off.
0: Is that where all <laughs> Cowboys go for vacation? This is Cabo. Well,
3: no, I heard they went to the White House, the old yeah. White House in Dallas. If, you, if you're if you recall that,
0: yeah. Is that Tony it? Romo back. They got a lot of flack. Though. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Nick Foles had four touchdown passes for the Eagles this Sunday against the lowly Giants. Next week, the Eagles are facing the Raiders in Philadelphia on Christmas Jeez. Day. Over under two and a half touchdown passes for Nick Foles. Oh, my God.
3: What, in the first quarter?
2: <laughs> the, Ra- the Raiders pass defense is that's, the, that's true I think uh, the last time Nick Foles played the Raiders he had seven touchdown passes he against did him or something yeah that's true yeah. Um, I
0: mean you got to go the over right I don't know though I mean we don't know if the weather is going to be like there it could be bad I think you should take the under Brady uh, Two and a half. I think he gets two I don't think he gets seven All right, I'll take the over I'll take the under
2: all right. And as Jonas knows, Tariq Cohen is a very fast guy. Uh he's had a couple good weeks this year <laughs> in the punt return game, and he gets to play the Browns next week in Chicago. So over under an over under 59 and punt return yards. Oh man. How, how do you even come up with this? Ryan? Uh, okay, You know there's going to be a lot of punts if the Browns are playing, yeah. so he's yeah. going to get a lot of work. Uh listen,
3: it's it's an off the wall, um it's an off the wall over under, which I was why I like it. Um, what do you know about, okay, Brady, what do you know about the Browns' punting situation? Who's their punter? Is it Chris Gardaki, or did he retire?
0: I think he retired. I think it's Britton Colquitt.
3: Okay, so how is Britton uh, Colquitt?
0: He's good. He's got a big leg. He's uh, mm. He can angle kick. He can do all that stuff. I Total was 59 yards. 59 and,
3: 59 and, and a half. half,
2: yeah. Under.
3: Yeah, I'm going to, oh, man. I'll take the under as well, too. By the way, the Browns are winning that game.
2: That'll be the Browns' win on the season over the Bears. Finally, we got an over-under for three and a half total interceptions between Matthew Stafford and Andy Dalton next week. <laughs> so much Combined. Ne-
3: there's so much negativity so in So much man. negativity. God,
2: man. Um, three and Jonah, and a half? Jonah it, said uh, Stafford's good for one a game. So yeah, maybe, I mean, he know. is.
3: I mean, that's just sort of a Matt Stafford move. Oh, wh- is the game outdoors? Is it, is it in Cincinnati or is it in Detroit oh geez I have to check real okay. quick let me like that, that that's important here because weather could uh could factor in uh, oh, so big that would time. Be, uh that would be an important uh key statistic to this an important key element to making a pick on this
2: um <laughs> let's see
0: I'm gonna it go is there. in
2: Cincinnati over just under.
0: like that over
2: and under. there you
0: guys go was it three and a half was the number right
2: three and a half total yeah, yeah so uh-huh. I'm
3: taking the under All right, there it is. That is a good job, Ryan. That is uh, another edition of Over-Unders here on Fox Sports Radio. Just the second time we've ever done it last week was the first week. Yeah, uh,
0: because I got that eight game lead. This actually could be a week, though, Jonas, where you either get back into it or uh, it's the nail in the coffin.
3: No, but here's. But I, I know exactly how you are. We're going to get down to the final week of the season, and I'm going to be within, like, three games, and you're going to intentionally take every game that I take. just so you Jonas,
0: know. you jump out and make your pick sometimes before I do. Okay. So you don't even give yourself the opportunity to pick All right. opposite. All right, well, listen, I, I don't need to be yelled at anymore. This is ridiculous.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, <laughs> Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Up next... Um, it's, there's something in the NFL you've never seen and you've never heard, and it's involving a quarterback. All right. Find out what we're talking about next year on FSR.
0: All right. This, this is dope, man. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> this is like that, that point in the show where you start playing the, the Christmas music where a little Hennessy in that eggnog. Hey, you know, whatever works on. for you. I mean, this, I,
3: Listen, I, I, I am not here to uh, to criticize. All right, so he's Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I There is a, a very rare occurrence in the NFL. I don't think something has ever happened in the world of football. I'm going to ask Brady about it here coming up in just a second. But I do have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Arnie Spanier, Chris Plank waiting in the green room ready to uh, take center stage coming up in about 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Make sure you stick around for that. All right, so uh, Sunday night football, we've got uh, one final update on that game. Uh, just finishing up the third quarter, the Raiders with the ball and a third down, uh, trailing 17-10 to the Dallas Cowboys there at the O. dump. So uh, we'll see how that game finishes up. What is one thing? All right, quickly. If you if if I were to tell you, all right, Brady, we've never seen this one thing in the history of the NFL. If you if you would like to see it, what would it be? Browns winning a Super Bowl?
0: Oh yeah, I okay. mean, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, living through everything I've been through, playing for them, and even afterwards, still you know being a fan, wanting them to, to succeed and do well, that would be right up there at the top of the list. Okay, um, here would be mine. All right. Because
3: I think I believe and I, I, you know, I've talked about this before. I think that this is the unicorn. This is the four leaf clover. This is something that that we have never seen in the history of the NFL or heard Um, Philip Rivers taking full responsibility for an interception. (laughs) I would do anything to hear that. Because I swear to God, if you can find me or provide me audio or visual evidence of Philip Rivers ever taking full responsibility for an interception, I, I, I might I might offer money for that. I might pay someone for that because I don't think it exists. <laughs> I really don't. Like, did you hear his comments after the game? He threw three interceptions in the loss at it. Kansas I did City. Not hear it. Let's listen to Philip Rivers. This is this is right when you think he's going to acknowledge that he made a mistake, then he just swerves the car right back into traffic and says, nah, we're gonna keep going here.
0: Shoot, I probably shouldn't have thrown the one, the long one to Tyrell, um and the other one, you know, you 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 watched the other two, and then the la- the last one there, we're in desperation mode, 30 13. You know, that's you know, I can I can I can check it down or throw it away and punt. I don't I'm over the stats. I mean, first of all, I love him.
3: Okay, because he's such a red ass. Yeah. But he has like he will not take full
0: responsibility for <laughs> well, the first thing he did, He's like, I probably should have thrown it Yeah, but me. it was
3: more like uh, you know what? And then the other and then he goes, eh, the other two you can watch those which is basically, <laughs> yeah, that guy ran the wrong route or or, or I got hit and my, my Lima didn't make a block. Like, is there? would you like to come clean? Was there an interception you got charged for that was totally on somebody else that you took responsibility for after the fact? Do you want to, do you want to cleanse yourself? you want to come clean and acknowledge that it was some guy's fault on one of your interceptions? Oh,
0: dude. Okay, so we're, we're opening the season, 2009, playing for Cleveland. <laughs> and we've got dialed up a little slug, a little slant and go. And we, we knew one of their corners. I can't think of who it was off the top of my head. Liked to gamble. Uh, and so we kind of had to set up for this specific matchup. And the thing is, is once you pick a away when you go vertical, meaning like if you run a go route or a fly route, you know, as some people call it. Once you go vertical as an outside wide receiver, if you pick to stay to his outside, you got to stay to his outside. If you if you release to the inside, right, you've got to stay to the in, to the inside. Then try to stack them. But but either way, the point is, you have to stay with the, in the direction that you're going. So I drop back, pump, get my eyes back to the, the middle field safety. I hold him. I turn back to throw. And at that point, you know, when I looked back and I pumped and kind of had periphering on Braylon, he had gone outside. Braylon Edwards. Yeah. And then he swims to come back inside after I already let go of the football. So, of course, it, the cornerback made a good, good pick on the sideline. But it, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, dude, like, you know you can't do that. And, of course, he comes over and apologizes. But, obviously, it goes under my name for the box school. But, yes, <laughs> so that, Edwards. I, it was like one good. of our first shots of the game. I'm like, come on, man.
3: You know what? Good for you. All right? Good for you. you, you but you did the right thing initially. You didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. By the no, way, you, no, know who, no. you know who I blame for some of the struggles on this show?
1: Bobo. No.